you found yourself at the junction where worlds meet. Politics. Civility? How about honesty in this country, folks? Entertainment. I don't like entertainment. And a whole bunch of other stuff. It's about having a healthy body image. You have a very unhealthy body. You should have a horrible body image. Not a big home improvement market in Detroit. <laughs> we are definitely going to get letters. You're listening to Talk Radio's Strangest Animal. You're a strange animal. That's what I know. You're getting louder with Crowder. But you're a strange animal. Glad to be with you. That is the sound of the weekend. I am your host. You can find all the references at louderwithcrowder.com. Producing with me in video studio, as always, is Not Gay Jared, who is not gay. Follow him on Twitter at Not Gay Jared. I fulfilled my legal obligations. Draw your own conclusions. You good? We're good. We are good. And uh, hello to our fellow ARF comers out there, AR15.com. Big supporters. We love them. And I have some new commercials coming your way this Mm -hmm. week. Big guests, really big show. We have uh, a full lineup. Kurt Schilling. Kurt Schilling. Kurt Schilling up first. Then we have Sam Kendricks, the viral sensation pole vaulter, bronze medalist for the United mm-hmm. States. Who, um, well, you know what? Can we can we run it? Do we have that clip? A quick like ten second. We don't have the clip. We don't have the clip. Uh, viral sensation who dropped his pole in the middle of his practice run because the national anthem was playing, and he he sat there and and put his hand over his heart and honored it. And uh, by the way, an army reservist. So. Great guest, then who? Ann McElhinney. Ann McElhinney. Ann McElhinney to talk about Hillary. She had a play regarding Hillary Clinton with actual transcripts, mm-hmm. I think, from uh, from the FBI investigation. We'll ask her. And John Nolte, formerly of Breitbart, right now he's kind of a freelancer and a big Trump supporter. So big Trump people, actually, Kurt Schilling and John Nolte. Yep. And uh, we'll let them kind of lay out the case for the, uh, the Donald. Make it be known. Make it be known. Um, speaking of which, we don't want to get into it too much, but obviously the big news story this week is Donald Trump. People are a little upset with what they perceive as a flip-flop on immigration because he said no amnesty, none ever announced. Mm, maybe a little. Maybe maybe just a, just a little <laughs> just a amnesty. Of amnesty. Just a now, I understand where he's coming from with this, so you guys can um, – we'll talk with, with, with Kurt about it. We'll talk with John Nolte about it probably more so. Kurt is going to be running against Elizabeth Warren. I want to get the skinny on that. That should be hot and exciting. I want to get the Native American skinny I just on hope that. if he does, I just hope he, he just destroys her. Um. So, her. you know, Donald Trump is now saying, well, maybe they, we can give them, we can work with them mm-hmm. if they pay back taxes. He said he's going to do very similar to what Obama and George Bush have done, which is... Which have been immensely popular. <laughs> yes, which is further to the left than what Marco Rubio has done, and certainly than what Ted Cruz has done, where they were a little harsh. Here's the thing. I hope this is a misspeak. I hope it's not a pivot, because I've always said this about... The, the one thing I liked about Donald Trump, I don't think he's going to get Mexico to pay for the wall, logistically, but I like that he's been bold enough to talk about illegal immigration and say no more. Mm-hmm. I've done that on this show for a long time because my mom is a legal immigrant. She was on this show, and we borderline had to pull her back because she gets pretty harsh on the subject of illegal immigration. She pronounced illegal. Illegal. The illegal a- immigrant. A- not illegal. That's right. You met my mom for the first time. For the first time. Did the first it? Time. Uh, did I? Had I accurately portrayed her? I think so, but the mom jokes are just dead to me now, so we can't. It's true. It's can't hard. Go there. You have to it's create. Hard. You have to create fictional. Fictional. Mrs. Crowder, Stephen's mom, to say all the horrendous things yeah. that we can't say on radio. You people uh, do that. Tweet me at us, Crowder. Do you, when you do the mom jokes with your friends, do you sort of compartmentalize that? That's that's a, a hypothetical mother. This is the real mother. So you're like, no, I would never do that to this. No, mother. not that one. Not that one. Not that but one. The one who doesn't really exist. Maybe. Who looks like Al McPherson, circa mm. the edge. 
Good looking broad. Good looking broad. At only. Oh, hey, also, speaking of which, transgenderism has no basis in science. So that's a story that's, <laughs> that's a story that occurred news. this week uh, with a meta study. Gosh. They just said, no, no, it's not a real thing. We wrote about it on the they website. They had a lot of interesting things in that study, actually. It talked about a, a kind of an array of, of, of sexual the issues. The idea that it's fixed when you're born into the wrong gender, yep. into a wrong body, that they basically said, no, no, that's, yep. not, that's not a thing. That, the gay gene, they kind of talked about a little bit in the study. Yep. Interesting so, stuff. And listen, by the way, it doesn't necessarily, we, like we've always said, science isn't gov- is not determined by consensus. But this is yet more proof that the science isn't in and people have different opinions and there actually are some really negative ramifications to just pumping someone's balls full of estrogen, believe it or not. Who knew? Some could say problematic. Some problematic. So, uh, spe- okay, speaking of problematic, you know, there's, there's so much to get into this week. We, this was the one thing that blew up. We, we, we got it a little earlier than other people because my brother went to UT, so I actually subscribed to a lot of the local Austin news feeds. You know, in Texas now, you're allowed to carry up. Why are you smirking? <laughs> What's that little, little crap? It's just when you know face? where the story's going, you just, everything's a pun. Everything is just ridiculous. Right. So, back we, to you, Steven. <laughs> we have the video. Pay no mind. And uh, you're allowed to conceal carry on campus now in Texas, right? That's the state law. Some social justice leftists were upset. Therefore, dildos. Let's roll the first clip. We want everyone to get dildos. A retarded person? I'm going to go with that one, too. Uh, a, a very unintelligent person? For, okay, let me set it up for you. They were saying because it's illegal to display sex toys, but not a gun in Texas. No, there are plenty of sex shops in Texas. You're just not allowed to have a bunch of adult paraphernalia out in public in front of children. Obviously, they don't really care because this occurred. So they're thinking, we're uncomfortable with guns, therefore we're going to pass out these dildos. Um, it, it, it gets worse, and then we'll get into the meat. Roll the next, cl- the next clip. Well, there's no way to tiptoe around this. Not gay, Jerry. No way to tip it. Why do we need guns in our classrooms? Guns are literally boning our education. Woo! No, you literally need to go back to remedial English because guns are not even figuratively boning your education. <laughs> what is this? These are, these are the kids of higher... Guns are literally boning our education. What? What is that? What does that even? I don't know what that means, but I know that it's incorrect. So this is what's happening with with the left. Um, we have how many more clips do we have with this? I've got two more. Okay, we have two more. You know what? Let's 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 roll a couple more because there is something important, a macro here, a through line, if you will, to get to. Let's roll the next clip. Vibrators. Zip tie. Vibrators. Hey, in the discussion about Texas laws, and we need you to continue to make noise. That's all these people do is make noise. Make noise! And they they photograph it to make it look like there's an actual crowd there. Here's what's important for people to to know. We write a lot about social justice warriors and leftists, and, and, and the beauty is here, the pendulum is swinging. These people are losing. There is a silver lining. Politically, it looks grim for the United States right now. But people see these videos, uh, they, they see these stories. They get no interactions. Nobody likes them. There, there's a, maybe about a dozen people there, maybe two dozen people, call it three dozen, who are running around shaking dildos to protest guns because they think that's effective. And they're screaming and they get the headlines. But guess what? All the other 50-something thousand students at UT are just walking were, around them. If there were a couple hundred there, 
it would still be a, 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 a fraction of a fraction of a minority of people. Exactly. It is an incredibly small <sighs> minority. And by the way, many of those other people at UT on campus might vote Hillary. They might vote Bernie. But they also know that this is patently absurd. They also know that these are very unintelligent people. They also know that these are professional protesters. It's like when you go back to the 60s and people think it was flower power, the hippie era. Nobody liked them. The, the, the top albums were show tunes. It, it, it wasn't the mamas and the papas. It, it wasn't every, Everybody wasn't smoking grass in Woodstock. People didn't like them. People wanted to go to class. It's the same thing here. It's why Chicago, was it University of Chicago? I believe so. Here we go. I have it. Uh, yeah, University of Chicago said, hey, no trigger warnings, no safe spaces here. They are trying to socially engineer kids right now in, in college. The elite, the, the, the selected elite are trying to decide what's good for the collective and individuals are rejecting it. And there are more individuals rejecting it than they than the group they thought was the collective. So it's important to see this and not get lost in the shuffle and think, oh my gosh, this is what's happening. These are all students. Most of them aren't. It's a very small group of people. We have to address it because it gets all of the headlines because of a complicit media who wants you to think. They want you to become complacent, to think the country is, is gone, that this is how far we are and there's no way we can, there's no way we can right this ship. Let me give you an example. I was over there um, when we were up north, that breakfast spot, you know, I like. Yeah, delicious. Yeah. Matter of fact, uh, uh, Good old one of those guys, Brian, listens to the podcast. Thank you. He's down there at the Roadhouse. So a girl was was serving us. I love her. Uh, name is Kelly. She's wonderful. Fantastic server. And she was wearing a sweater. And I said, hey, I said, I love the Bill Cosby sweater. It was kind of really hyperly designed. And she said, yeah. She said, you know, it's actually, it's like, it's Navajo. I got it at a thrift store. It's Navajo, I think, influenced. And so I got the cultural appropriation going on today. And we all laughed. Everyone in the diner here laughed. Probably about 10 people. We, we laughed. And there was another server who said, uh, oh, no. I said, well, I think that the Navajo now, uh, they, they wear Calvin Klein and Levi's, so we're fine. Everyone laughed. And the one girl goes, no, that's not okay. Cultural appropriation is not okay. This is one person. By the way, the girl who's wearing this sweater, tattoo sleeves, total hipster, bleached hair, you would expect to see her at a punk rock bar. These are not conservatives. They're all laughing at our cultural appropriation jokes. This one other server, who's nice, I like her, said, no, no, that's not okay. My wife, God bless her, happy anniversary, sweetheart, looks down and goes, hmm, hmm, I go, what? Unshaven legs. <laughs> the girl who was offended at cultural appropriation was unshaven legs. So this is this is the <laughs> the moral of the story is look before you assume that this person is mainstream. If that's an Aesop fable, the one person who actually was was invested in this idea of cultural appropriation was offended was the person the girl who didn't shave her legs. I'm guessing Pitts was not wearing a bra. Was definitely not wearing a bra. So it's important to know how many how many girls do you know who don't shave their legs or pits? Probably not very many. How many do you know on campus? Probably a lot. How many who go to the Grateful Dead concert? Probably more. And they grab the headlines. But even in this little spot, this little hip breakfast spot, everyone was laughing at the idea of cultural appropriation and how silly it was. The only person who was making a scene was the one with unshaven legs who thought it was offensive. That's where we are, and that's why it's important to push back and point out the absurdity and laugh. Because most Americans, including liberals, including leftists, okay, it's important to note that not all, not all liberals are social justice left. It's mainstream in the Democratic Party. It's mainstream in the media platform. But it's not mainstream in the United States. So you don't need to accept that. You're among the other 10 people in the diner who do shave their legs, or maybe not, well, if you're a guy, it's a different situation. We'll get back to the, I don't know how to pivot from this with the dildos pivot. and the shaved legs. Pivot. We'll be back.
Okay, everyone quiet down. Thanks for coming to Social Justice Anonymous here on UT campus. Uh, as you know, the state has now made it legal for people to exercise their Second Amendment rights here on campus with concealed carry. Um, we need to send them a message that this will not stand. And we need to do it in an effective, cogent way that communicates our point of view. Do we have any uh, ideas? How about we just, like, walk around with dildos? Uh, I don't think we'll top that. Meeting adjourned. Hey, Jared, what are you doing? Shooting bad guys. With what? By AR-15. Where'd you get it? AR-15.com. Enunciate it more clearly so our audience can hear. AR-15.com. That's better. They sell guns now? Yeah, they do. Are they any good? They're the best. Where from? AR-15.com. Kaboom. Kaboom. You really make that sound? Didn't have the budget for sound effects. Kaboom. Kaboom. Oh, there's another one. Kaboom. You shot him! With what? By AR-15! From where? AR-15.com Hey, how do you know they're bad guys? They're reds and burkas. Kaboom! That's racist! Glad to be back. Up after this break, we will have Kurt Schilling. Kurt Schilling, I'll talk to him about it. My cousin was saying, make sure you respect the man. He's one of the best players ever. I had no idea. I don't follow the baseball. Yeah, just uh, no big deal. No big deal. I'm a man. I'm a grown-ass man, and I don't follow hobbies. Send your hate mail to at NotKJared, because he's the one who actually really hates baseball and team sports. For yeah, I don't know why. Sure. I don't know why. So we did this, this piece nice. last week on Amy Schumer, uh, the rape situation at UCB. So there's been a lot that's been happening in the news. I want to get to the, the Trump stuff. Well, well, we'll talk with Kurt Morso about his run. We'll talk with the Trump with John Nolte on, on the Trump stuff. Did this thing on Amy Schumer last week in the rape situation of, of social justice warrior leftists who are encouraging rape culture by being complicit with the hashtag movements and not notifying the proper authorities. I think somewhere in there, I may have taken some jabs at Amy Schumer's physical appearance. That's surprising. That doesn't sound like you. It doesn't, it doesn't sound like something I would do at all. And so I got some comments and emails saying, hey, hey, why do you feel the need to slut shame or fat shame? Why do you do this it hurt, it, it, with your audience? Here's the thing. There is no slut shaming culture. There is no fat shaming culture. People need to understand this. They throw it out there because you make a joke about Lena Dunham being unattractive and fat. The reason someone might slut shame Amy Schumer, remember she got so mad when a fan came up and took a picture, said, hey, spent the night with Amy Schumer, but that's not the first time she heard that, and she's going, how dare you call someone you don't know a slut. It's not slut shaming. It's a reaction from the public to someone who has made their entire living off, set your stopwatch, someone who portrays himself as a slut. Her whole thing is, I get so drunk, I don't remember who I slept with. Oh, oh my gosh, look at me. My diaphragm fell out. That's pretty much her, her shtick. I think she can be funny sometimes, but that is her bit. That's her act. It's like Senior Wences. Only it's a vagina. That's Amy Schumer's bit. Do you know Senior? You don't even know Senior Wences. 
So it's a reaction by someone saying, okay, you're portraying yourself as a slut. This is your shtick. I'm going to go along with it. And um, now I'm annoyed with the sluttiness. You don't get to be offended that someone thinks you're slutty. Lena Dunham. Lena Dunham has openly talked about and has, has, has stood before dozens, let's be honest, <laughs> maybe not thousands, and has said, you know, our show was designed to, uh, I really want to push this idea, the boundaries of what people think is, is traditionally beautiful. Okay, do that. But you don't get to be offended when people have the gall to insinuate that you are not traditionally beautiful. And here's, it's because you've made your career, or like a Tess Holiday. Remember that oversized model who we talked about? Oh, Lord. Can't forget. I don't. I don't dislike fat. This isn't fat shaming. It is a reaction to someone demanding that you praise their body, saying, hey, hey, look at me. I am proud of my body. And people saying, well, maybe maybe you shouldn't be proud of your body. It's a reaction to you making a living off of your body. This isn't if Amy Schumer were were your barista at Starbucks, right? You wouldn't walk up to her. Go listen here, you little stay puffed marshmallow looking whore. You wouldn't do that because you don't know her. But if she was at Starbucks saying, oh, my gosh, I slept with a bunch of guys last night testing out material, you'd probably say, hey, you're kind of, you're, my barista's kind of slutty. I never knew that about my barista. I don't know if I want her touching my cold brew. Same thing with Lena Dunham. Listen, by the way, with Lena Dunham, if you, my criticisms with Lena Dunham are not based on the unkempt, self-admitted, uh, filthy exterior. It's everything that's inside. It is uh, the, the, the soul of Lena Dunham that I have a problem with. It's just easy to also, it's, it happens to be wrapped in a package. That's, it's all disgusting. Well, it's, none of it is good. So, uh, and no guy, by the way, it's not because you're not traditionally beautiful. No guy says, well, unless you're like, what, a guitarist, a bassist for fun who is in desperate need of a beard. No one is interested in, in someone like Lena Dunham. And here's the deal. What really bothers me with the slut shaming and fat shaming thing. Just because you feel as though you're a more victimized class, you don't get to have the corner on it. So a good example is I was just uh, at a mall recently. Lane Bryant. They have one of these, these plus-size models now. And they have earn real women dollars. Clothes for real women is what they say. Don't act like you're not marginalizing people. So what are they saying with this? My wife's not a real woman. My mom's not a real woman. Uh, my mother-in-law isn't a real woman. Nearly every guy I know who's married to a real woman is in fact married to a figment of their imagination because these women aren't plus size. So they're simply deciding to discriminate against women who are smaller than them. By the way, while we're talking about that, I guarantee you there are more real women who are closer in size to runway models or fashion magazine models than Tess Holiday. And let's take it a step further. I guarantee you there are more real women within the proper perimeters of health closer to the size of more traditional models. Not saying that all women need to look like that, but you don't get to have the corner on victimization because you chose to be overweight. That's what bothers me about it. And when you make a career on it, it is totally fair game, and especially because we have an obesity problem and we have a diabetes problem in this country, I think when you cross that realm of health, it is within the fair boundaries of criticism. Uh, so something else. Same thing with diseases. We've talked about this. Listen, I'm sorry, mister, that you decided to have unprotected anal sex with bearded bikers in a truck stop and you got AIDS. That's horrible. I wouldn't wish it on anybody who has unprotected anal sex with bearded bikers in truck stops. I wouldn't. Between the dirty needle use. I watched Rent. I know what I'm talking about. But you don't get to have the corner on diseases. AIDS gets so much, it's a disease that gets so much more funding than all these cancers or type 1 diabetes that the kid didn't sign up for. Just because you scream the loudest, whether it's with dildos on campus or it's about being offended that someone insinuated you aren't good looking, 
doesn't mean that you deserve to have the corner on victimhood. And that's my issue with it. Also, I just really, I, I don't like Lena Dunham. I find her incredibly unfunny. Have I, have I clarified my thoughts there? To clarify, Stephen. No, but ser- seriously, though. No, you're the right. Idea, it's, it's, you're right. No one, listen, if you see someone like Lena Dunham in real life, right, you go like, well, I mean, maybe she could shower, but you're like, that's unfortunate. But you don't, you don't make a thing out of it. But when she says, no. I'm beautiful, and people who don't declare me to be beautiful are sexist, but now that's a problem, and you're almost morally obligated to say, you're not. Uh, let's reality check this. So, so that's where it comes. People say, why do you double down on it? Listen, I'm not doubling down on it. I'm not doubling down on fat shaming or slut shaming. If you make a career off of it and you thrust it in front of people's face, you know what else I have a problem with? We wrote about this. Professional victimhood is America's fastest growing business. That's why you have Sean King and Rachel Dalzell competing to be black guys. Amy Schumer and Lena Dunham in, in, in female comics competing as to who was raped more but never came forward to the cops because it's the best way to get your name in the headlines in the absence of talent or wit. And Does it seem like they're racing to be fatter down too? Is that just me? What's being fatter? Amy Schumer and all of them, Melissa McCarthy. They're, they're trying to say, like, like, I meant to do it. Yeah. Uh, we have to go to a break here, right? Break. We have Kurt Schilling coming up talking about running against Elizabeth Warren and Trump. Stay tuned. This month in her new comedy special, Amy Schumer's Offended by Everything. So then he looked to me and he said, I bet I'm not the first guy to be here before. <laughs> oh, it kills me when she does the slutty stuff. <laughs> what? <laughs> when you do the, the slutty stick. <laughs> That's my favorite. <laughs> are, you, are you implying I'm a slut? you just did was funny so are you slut shaming me (laughs) what that's really offensive (laughs) but aren't you a a, a comedian stay tuned for more comedy on the cutting edge Glad to be back with our guest, who is shaking his head already, embarrassed. Uh, little, little quick, uh, quick inside baseball here. Before we went live, I always say, "Hey, what's the best thing to plug?" He said, "You don't need to plug anything, because he's Kurt freaking Schilling." Kurt Schilling, <laughs> thank you for being on the show, sir. That was horrific. It I was, it was terrible. It's really hard to sit through that. <laughs> well, don't let your son see it because it gets only more embarrassing. I'm sure we'll see that on YouTube at some point. We will. It's all on the YouTube. Uh, so, Kurt, with little known fact, uh, he was. we were the first show he did after this controversy that he had that blew up last time with, mm-hmm. with ESPN. And uh, then everyone started, thank God, everyone started having him on, and people realized, hey, this is, this is actually a, a guy who's making a lot of sense. Now you may or may not, you tell me where I get it wrong, uh, run for president in a few years, and you more than likely will run against Elizabeth Warren just to embarrass her for her seat. Do I have that right? <laughs> I, I, I'm thinking about running for a state seat, um, living in Mass, that can present a challenge. I don't think they've had a senator, Republican senator, since 
1949 or some year before I was born. Um, Yeah, I'm contemplating that part. And, you know, if Hillary ends up somehow criminally stealing an election, then, you know, maybe I might ramp up the White House run. I don't know. But I want to get involved. I'm tired of watching people sit around and talk and not actually do anything and and, because I'm in danger of being one of those people. So if I'm going to keep it up, I'm going to probably try and step on that stage and and, uh, go up against Liawatha. Well, <laughs> the Land of Lakes Butter Lady. Um, you know, it's, it's, you're an accomplished. It's funny. I, I talked about this when you came in. I don't follow baseball at all. I don't, I'm not going to lie about it. My cousin talked to me. He actually coaches uh, college baseball. He said, do you realize that you were talking? Do you know who Kurt is? I'm like, yeah, he's a great baseball player. He goes, no, no, no. No, you don't understand. He's like top five, top ten ever. Do you understand? He's like, he goes, Wayne Gretzky. He goes, yeah, yeah, sure, Wayne Gretzky. He's like, Gordy Howe. He goes, he's that in baseball. And he was, the people were infuriated that I wasn't giving you your due. So I am now. No. no he's clearly from New England or a Red Sox fan. That, <laughs> a wicked, wicked biased uh, opinion. And I'm not even that famous in my own freaking house, so. Well, yeah, but nobody is. Profits aren't appreciated in their in their hometown. So you're you're accomplished there. You you worked with ESPN. You've done you've done so much. Um, is it at the point now? Would you have done this? Let's say if you were still working with a network, do you think you would have felt compelled to? Some people might say, "Well, it's because he got canned for being offensive, so he has to." You don't really have to do anything at this point, do you? No, I, I don't. And and I, I don't think I don't think the network thing was going to last very long anyway. Neither um, do I. <laughs> that I was under the umbrella of of, a, of an insanely liberal, uh, bigoted, uh, very very racist group of people who portray themselves to be anything other than that. Um, the only sad part about that was uh, I love the people I worked with, uh, not the people I worked for. So I, 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 think, I think watching you, um, listening to, to Breitbart on, on the Patriot channel, uh, watching some Hannity, watching some of the, everything that's going on, I, I want to be involved in talking about stuff that matters and, and that moves the needle. And I, I think you've seen it with your show where you have people go, wow. You know, I, did, I learned something I didn't know, and it's something as fundamental as the difference between a, a, a semi-automatic and an automatic weapon. Right. Um, you know, the, 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 I'll give you a great example for me. Is we, you know, Trump, uh, Mr. Trump's immigration policy is, is basically allowed every left-of-center human being on the planet to call him a racist, which is so not true. But anyway. It's silly. Uh, when you bring up the point that the last three major immigration reforms that passed through our our political system all contained gigantic enorm- gigantic amounts of money to pay for a wall to be built and it's never been built people don't know that no and, no. and, and what it tells you is the left and the right neither one of them wants to build it right one just wants to be for it and one of them wants to be against it because if it goes up Nobody has any political capital with that anymore. Well, it's interesting that you, you know, a couple of questions on that. Does it concern you that, you know, this week Trump has kind of walked it back and said he'll do something very similar to Obama and George W. Bush? He seems to be softening there. What the concern, listen, I am, his first, his first stance, which was basically, I'm going to march around the country and we're going to kick every single illegal alien out, no matter what, was, is untenable, undoable, and I, I think a lot like a lot of politicians, he spoke before he thought, which if that's possible, then I'm going to win elections somewhere because I do that all the time. But, <laughs> but I think he, once he gets around, I've known him for 11 years, and, and this is kind of his M.O. in the sense that 
he's very emotional. He, you can tell when he's on prompter and when he's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gets emotional like everybody else that cares about this stuff does. And he says things, and then, and then the people in the back are like, oh, come on. And he goes backstage and thinks, you know, I probably shouldn't have said that. Right. Um, I think he's looking for what we're all looking for, which is an actual process, not just a, a, a fixed immigration process, but one that's actually running. Right. What we have now is un- there's no process. No, it's, it's really silly. And I talked about this. I said, listen, if your immigration policy only affects, regardless of race, gender, orientation, illegal immigrants, it can't be racist. And I say this, first-generation immigrant, my mom, French-Canadian, learned the language, went through it. So of all the criticisms with Trump, and we've talked about this, there are valid ones. Everyone has, has things that can be criticized val- in a valid way. Him being racist for wanting to get rid of illegal aliens committing crime is not one of them. But he, he, wants to, he wants to extreme vet uh, illegals coming into this country from nations that harbor and, and, and are terrorist-driven. I, I don't have a problem with that. If, no. I mean, I can't help where you were born. You know, but we have a set of rules and statutes and laws in this country that for, well, since 1776 has made us what we are. And, and contrary to what the left would have you believe, this is the greatest country in the world. I know they think we suck and, you know, they, they're all about their comrades and all the other crap that they talk about. But, but, but the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, all of those things were written in very clear, precise, plain English because they knew idiots were going to go left and try to misconstrue and misinterpret. And, and if, you read the, if you read the documents, I mean, it, how on earth is it legal for someone who doesn't live here legally to vote in any election? Right. What country in the world allows that happen? Number one, you go to jail in most of these other countries if you just go there illegally. Right. But, like, no, but you're not allowed to vote in their elections, as you should not be. Why, no. <laughs> why would we be allowing that? Kurt Schilling and I should not be allowed to go on down to a booze cruise in Cancun and elect their next leader. That would be absurd. It would be a fun weekend, though. I, it would be a I'm fun sure. weekend, Kurt. We'd mess some stuff up. <laughs> We'd mess some stuff up. Just going down there, hey, who do you want to vote for? Uh, between my Coronas and Lyme, I don't know. Jorge sounds like a good, what do you do? Prime Minister here, President? Shot me down for that. Um, a socialism sucks shirt. Yes. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's funny that you say that because people don't even know the laws in the books in Mexico. How harsh they are. For example, even owning waterfront property, showing up to disruptive anti-government protests. Things that we here just take for granted as basic fundamental human rights are not civil rights in Mexico just for being an immigrant, even a legal one. Yeah, you have to have a valid ID to vote in their elections, number one. And you have to prove yourself a value to society, a value add to be a legal citizen in Mexico. Yeah. Why? How on earth is that okay down there and not okay here? But the more important thing to me is you watch these idiots on YouTube, the guys that were interrupting the Trump rally the other night that came on and did the interviews, they, they were bitching because one of them got his ass kicked. I mean, he got pulled down by police, cuffed, and marched out. It's like, what did you expect? That's exactly what you were asking for. Now you're going to stand in front of a camera and bitch about it? Right. As opposed to when you go to liberal protests like Occupy or pro-union protests just for showing up and disagreeing, you get the crap kicked out of you uh, because they leave the place violent and they leave the place filthier than when they found it, whereas conservatives, they, they pick up after themselves. Remember how everyone was saying the Tea Party? Regardless of they were like, oh, it's going to be violent. And they were, they were actually volunteers cleaning up with pokey sticks. Well, here's your next, vid- your next YouTube video. Go to an Occupy, go to a liberal rally, and, and just like you do in the college camp- campuses, ask these people why they're protesting. 
Yeah, it's happened. One of them will be able to give you a definite answer that has anything remotely related to a re to reality. Well, actually, some of them do because they're professionally hired to be there protesting. <laughs> <laughs> right. Why are you here? Well, because the SEIU's checks cashed. That's yep. <laughs> that's why. Uh, it's like a Bernie Sanders identifies with me. How he's been poor his whole life. He hasn't done anything ever. And he's vacationed in the Soviet Union. What what part of that do you identify well, with? Well, now he has a third house up there, up the lake in okay. Vermont. Which uh, listen, I, you know, the funny thing is, I don't begrudge anyone for doing that. It is just the blatant hypocrisy. I think people understand that with with Donald Trump, with really a lot of the the Republican candidates. I think Carly Fiorina did a very good job of exposing it because she's looked behind the curtain. She's super wealthy, and she was saying these people are pulling the strings in an unfair way. Um, people like Bernie Sanders, the problem you have is them trying to really rig the system against people in the United States trying to be successful, and they're successful, ironically, at the expense of, of, of you and I, on the teat of the government his whole life. That's the issue, and I think a lot of people, like you talked about, I hope to see you make some headway with, with what you do, because a lot of people, um, even on the right, they're professional talking heads, they're longtime politicians, they get a job on cable news, and their opinion is about as valid as Bernie Sanders. Well, they're terrified of the establishment going away. And by the way, Bernie Sanders, for all his love of the Soviet Union, I would like for him to travel to the Soviet Union as a peasant instead of as a tourist. Right. Because it's a very different country when you're one of the billion that, that, that has to feed the government. Um, yeah. But yeah, listen, we ha everything you, I think you want to understand about how screwed up this country is, a woman like Sarah Palin, uh, a woman like Carly Fiorina, um, they're... They are pariahs. They are just vilified and scrutinized, and their families are ripped apart, and their kids are ripped apart. They're strong, uh, type A women who have done something and achieved something, and, and the left destroys them and then holds up Hillary Clinton as the kind of woman you want to lead the country. Wait, what? Right. Yeah. Wait, she, he didn't finish the word. I don't know if we have to FCC that. Country. Lead the country. country. And I don't know if that was by the... You know, a, a good example. My wife is the exact same way. My wife manages a multi-million dollar company. She's constantly working. She's very type A. And, and I find that unbelievably attractive in a woman. Oh, yeah. um, she's also very warm and, and soft. And I know we'll make a great mother when we, when we do that. You know, for example, who do you think... Let's just get rid of the physical appearance because that's not fair. Who is more attractive to a man? A Carly Fiorina, right? Or a, like you said, a Sarah Palin or a Lena Dunham? Or an Amy oh, Schumer. That, I got reflux. <laughs> <laughs> well, so does Lena Dunham, that famous picture eating the cake on the toilet. I assume it's because it just you goes... I, 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 right, right up there with Cher. Cher tweeted out some absolute bull last night that blew me away. She's talking about comparing Trump to Hitler and what Hitler did in the early 30s and talking about the German economy and misusing every possible phrase you could use she tried she tried to sound intelligent and sounded really stupid and trying to do so yeah Dunham, i i argue that lena dunham and rosie o'donnell are two reasons for every human on this planet to vote for trump they both said they'd leave the country if, <laughs> if you Just, how is that not incentive yeah I mean, but alec baldwin i think said that when bush won re-election they never follow through on it al sharpton made the promise too you know, al sharpton oh al what was that 
They always want to go to Canada. They never go to Mexico. No, they never go to Mexico. They want to go to Canada. And uh, Gavin McGinnis did a great video on that, on really what they mean in Canada. Like, you can't go to French Canada because they're racist and discriminatory against everyone. No one wants to go to Western Canada because there's nothing. Really, they're talking about Toronto. And right. um, <laughs> that's, that's Canada to them. Yeah, exactly. And I don't think they'll understand that someone like Lena Dunham or Rosie O'Donnell, they say the wrong thing and they can be jailed in Toronto. There's no free speech. That's the thing. Also, if you want to move to Canada, Michael Moore is a Canadian. Uh, like, not anymore. He, he lives out there in Torch Lake and Travis. Right. But he's as Canadian as you can get. And- <laughs> oh, God. Let's just vilify an entire nation of people before we go to a break. Kurt, we'll, we'll bring you back uh, after this. And I, I am half Canadian, but I'll tell you what. Mr. Schilling's not wrong. But send your hate mail to him. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more Kurt Schilling. to catch the news just in the nick of time with Nick Nolte. I just want to relax with a glass of scotch, Kimmel, some funny bits with Matt Damon. They put them on an apple box. Hot damn. Oh, hell, it's unwind at the end of the day. Instead, I tune in. I get Hillary Clinton. Oh, God. Opening a jar of pickles. Why does the vote for her? Because she can open pickles. George Washington ended the Revolutionary War. Abe Lincoln freed the slaves. Reagan, you got the Cold War. Hillary opening a damn jar of pickles. I'm not voting if your biggest qualification is opening pickles. You know who else can open pickles? I can open pickles. Anyone can open pickles. It's not hard to open pickles. That was news in the nick of time with Nick Nolte. You're a strange animal. That's what I know. But you're a strange animal. I got to follow. Oh, I'm in the speedy Glad to be back. Our guest does not like our dancing, but screw oh. him, because he thinks what he can he can throw he thinks he can throw he can throw a ball and he has the right to tell us what to do. How oh. dare you, Kurt Schilling? Oh my God, that was horrific again. Well, this is this is the show. See if we just lower expectations every time. Hey, speaking of which, so you you know you've been going back and forth with my producer. Uh, tell us a story about how you've not gay Jared and your personal telephone. <laughs> no. I- I was telling him, he sent me a text, and he said, hey, this is Steven Crowder's producer at Not Gay Jared or something like that. I was like, wow, that's... Did I say that? I don't know if I even said that. I think I just said Jared. No, here, I'll read it for you, okay? Uh-oh, this could Uh-oh. get, this could get this NC-17. Yeah, well, I'll, yeah. I'll... Just, just don't show the pictures. <laughs> don't show the pictures. It says, uh, Mr. Schilling, this is Steven Crowder's producer at Not Gay Jared. Oh, okay. Just see if we can book you, blah, blah, blah. So I, and I was telling him earlier, I said, well, I, I saved it as, now look, here's my phone and my contacts. He's not gay Jared. Yeah. Right? So what's going to happen if I do decide to run for office, my first public press conference, my phone will ring, and it'll say <laughs> not gay Jared across the top. And I will immediately get letters from LGBT and every, every Don't forget every, the QAAIP. 
Yeah, whatever. But you know what I mean. <laughs> well, you were saying because you're actually pretty socially liberal. When we talked about you in the last pro uh, on the last program, you're socially moderate anyway. You're certainly not in any yeah. way would be considered homophobic. Of course, that's the attack now that you may run for a state senate seat. Um, you said when this happened, there was this hit piece written about you. Either it was Boston, Boston yeah, Herald, Boston Globe, Boston Globe. And uh, you were saying, was it was it your vet who is gay? Dear friend, very dear friend. Okay, very dear friend, and she is of the homosexual persuasion. And you said she wrote you a letter. <laughs> she is a she is, she called me. She's a very dear friend, and she called me and said, she said she was so upset because she didn't understand how someone could legally do and write what they wrote, knowing full well none of it was true, and and you know. An incredibly brilliant woman, like I said, a very dear friend, and I had to explain to her, and I was like, you know, don't worry about it, but she's like, no, 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 I'm pissed, I want to write some letter, you know, but that's, you know, I, and I'm sure you run into this as well, I tell my kids, don't ever try and live your life to make people that don't know you like you. It's a good, good, you know, it's, even amidst how caustic you can yeah. be, and this show can be, that is actually very good advice. Well, but here's the thing. Socially uh, liberal. Um, I, I'm a Christian. Uh, I, I believe in 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 the, the bonds of marriage and all. But but it's not my place. Nor do I believe it's the federal government's place. Right. Be involved in that stuff. Let the yeah. we are smart people. Let the states decide who, what, when, why, and where they want to do things. Right. I don't need anyone in D.C. to to debate on who should pee in whose bathroom. Well, yeah, the thing is with that is because there was a city ordinance, right, in Charlotte, oh, yeah. and the state had to come in and say, well, listen, you can't, you can't file these suits or complaints against businesses if they don't want, you know, trannies in the, in the yep. ladies' room. So there, there's a little more to it. But I agree with you, you know, what you just said about states, that's always what I've meant. I don't think marriage is a fundamental human right. You know, we're not talking about civil rights. I don't think it's a human right. It's a contract into which two people enter willingly. And states constantly have the right to determine the ins and outs and the nuances of those. And I think what you said is perfectly fine, and it's perfectly tenable alongside also if a bed and breakfast in a state doesn't want to cater to a gay wedding they don't have to well but but it's almost now now we're getting to a place where they're the left wants to make it legal that they would have to exactly and that is absolutely terrifying ground you know i talked about running for the senate and a lot of people in this you know have said something about you know what's your stance on gay marriage and that's why I, and i try to explain these people excuse me a senator is someone who represents his constituents or her constituents in D.C., takes the concerns of the people that vote and live in the state that they represent and brings them to D.C. And, and I think a classic, a really good case is Elizabeth Warren and a lot of her friends are all about free public education. They want free college tuition. And I ran the numbers and it, it, it's stat. First of all, we have a $38 billion budget in mass. And you're talking about an extra three point, I think it's or 15.3 billion every four years for the 29 public schools that school 191,000 students. Now, add on top of that, how many kids are going to go to college who wouldn't normally go, but hey, it's free. Right. And you've got a runaway train. And now, many of them shouldn't be, and there's nothing wrong with that. Ab absolutely. But here's the problem. When you take that national, you're looking at, I think the number was $1.3 trillion every four years. For, yeah. the, for, for the and, and that and again how many hundreds of thousands of more kids are going to go to college because it's free not because they want to go but hey it's four more years of life I don't have to pay for anything so let me laser in on this because you're talking about it and now you're getting very technical you're throwing some numbers out there which I think will probably surprise a lot of people let's say <laughs> you go up against Elizabeth Warren 
and uh, you beat her worse than her people scalped other Native Americans before we ever got here. Let's say that happens. What does Kurt Schilling do? What does that look like in office? What, what's well, the first thing you do? The first thing, again, it, it's not it, it's not an office for me to, to decide what I'm doing. The Senate, a Senate seat is it your job is to represent the people of Massachusetts. What do they want done? What's right. their number one priority? Is it immigration? Because the governor handles the, the, the state budget and the fiscal financial world that, that is Massachusetts. And I think Charlie Baker has done a good job. He's a very dear friend. I think a lot of people on the right are really pissed that he's gone more center, but he's the most liked governor in the country, so he's doing something right. right. But the, the Senate is a much, it's a, it's a bigger picture thing, right? right. I mean, I, I'm not going to go and have a bathroom law changed in Massachusetts. I'm going to take the constituents of Massachusetts concerns to Washington, D.C. And that's where I think, first of all, I don't know how much you know me, but I have absolutely no idea being the fly in the no no problem being the fly in the ointment. I'll sit in a room full of people who say, yeah, I think we should do this. And I'll say, well, bull I don't think we should. <laughs> well, you know what? That's when they, I know you're a Trump guy, but you know who's done that better than anyone and has the highest approval rating of people who voted for him is Ted Cruz. He's yeah. basically said, I'm going in, and what I'm mostly going to do is say no. And that's yep. what he's done. And, um, th uh, well, hopefully, so So Kurt Schilling would, would be similar to Ted Cruz maybe in that regard. But, but you have to get stuff done. And if you look at Elizabeth uh, uh, right. uh, Senator Warren's record, she's got five or six uh, bills that are in, in, in uh, introduction. She, co she sponsored them. She didn't actually author them. I know she got three... Three things definitely passed. She got a day to recognize the 2013 Red Sox as world champions, which they were anyway. She got a day to recognize the New England Patriots as Super Bowl champions. Well, we have to let you go. Wrap it up. We have two seconds. She got she got a bill passed to get a chair put in the House building to represent POWs. Well, okay. So there you go. But I, I tell you what. Come on back when there's more developing. I would love to see you run, if only for the entertainment value. And we will cover it as close as can. Kurt Schilling, legend and uh, good guy to have on the show. Stay tuned, everybody. We'll have... Who do we have next? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Welcome back to The Delilah Show. Emily, you're on the air. Thanks for calling in. Hi. Oh, my God. I'm such a big fan. I can't believe I'm on here. Oh, that's okay, sweetheart. It's exciting when you're on radio. Yes, okay. So... I um, didn't know who to call, but I have a problem with my boyfriend. Now we all have problems in relationships. The key is to be grateful for what we have. Uh -huh, yeah, and I feel like we've always had this connection, um, so maybe you could help me. Of course, I'll always do my best. So it started after our five-month anniversary, where I thought that maybe he was cheating on me. Sometimes there's always enough love to go around. Right, but they were ill-founded, and I realized that was just me being paranoid. Now, see? You don't need to jump to conclusions. It's more important that you always love yourself. Uh-huh, right. But then he started locking me in a closet for days on end and beating me without mercy. What was that? In a closet, and would beat me with a bamboo rod huh. that he picked up on a business trip from Bangkok. Well, sometimes it's unfortunate, but one of life's little ironies that we hurt the people we love most. He must love you a lot. Yeah, a whole lot. So, Emily, what can I do for you tonight? Well, the reason I'm calling is because he blocked 911 outgoing, so I was hoping you could call the cops. Oh, well, I can't do that because I have a job to do. But, of course, I wish you the best, and I can soothe your worries with the wondrous sounds of 
Allison Krauss. You take care now. It's amazing how you can speak right to my to be back with our next guest. I put on a nice shirt because this man is an Olympian. He's classing up the joint. Uh, glad to have him here, pole vaulting medalist Sam Kendricks. Thank you for being with us, sir. Uh, thank you for having me. I love watching you dance. Well, don't don't admit that because that could be more harmful to your your PR uh, the PR side of your career than anything else you would willfully admit. Trying to figure out what this move is. Uh, well, it was it was the fish hook. Fish hook, okay. Fish hook, because he was fishing. Not my producer. I'm digging. I'm always oh, okay. digging. Okay, so he was. I've never he was back here with the reel. Yes, exactly. This is what we do to make up for uh, our lack of actual dance moves. Um, okay, you're actually actual content. Yes, exactly. Which I would imagine you probably have better. Uh, by the way, people listening at Sam Kendricks because you're an Olympian, you're an athlete, so it translates. Before we go into it, I want to show this clip. I didn't see this a, a ton on a lot of mainstream media out there. Um, I found it, my dad particularly found it, and it's a, it's a heartstring tugger. Um, this is Sam Kendricks amidst one of his his runs uh, at the, the Olympics in, in pole vaulting, and um, the national anthem was playing. Let's just play it. It's better than I can describe, and then we'll come back. We won't roll the whole clip, so you can go see it at louderwithcrowder.com to see the whole thing from start to finish. For those listening terrestrially, was running up, pole in hand, which, by the way, terrifies me, those things. Oh, yeah. It looks like such a weapon. And uh, <laughs> drops it. Here's the national anthem playing. And, and sort of you oriented yourself to find out what was playing and, and, and stood there at attention. Now, I know you're, you're an Army reservist. Was this was this instinct? Were you moved? But it, obviously it's 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 something that's, that's rare. It hasn't really occurred before. And um, what, what was it that prompted you to do that? Well, it's kind of second nature to do that sort of thing. Um, any serviceman or woman in a similar situation uh, would drop uh, would drop into a position of attention uh, whenever the Star Spangled Banner Reveille or Retreat was playing. Usually, they only play it at the beginning of baseball games, um, on base at morning and evening, or on special occasions. Um, but you basically you stop what you're doing. You res- render respect unto the flag. Um, mine was just a little bit in a more of a a more tense situation. So well, I, think I was going to say, if that's the case, he was he, you're probably in t- inside, you were a little pissed. Like, what are they doing? This is the middle of my Olympic run. This, this shouldn't be happening now. No, no. Well, see, as an athlete, you tune all of these uh, outside uh, stressors out. You turn it out. Sure. Uh, don't even look at the crowd. You don't listen to the booing in the stands. Um, it's, just, it's just what you do to focus. But sometimes you can't focus through what's happening that's uh, close to your heart. And so when there's... When the national anthem starts to play, okay, simply what what is my first instinct? Uh, find my position of attention and find the tallest flag. The tallest flag at that 
one jumbotron. Now, really, you're supposed to fix the raising flag, but it was my first time in the stadium, so I didn't know where it was. Right. So you do a couple facing movements, which is perfectly fine in order to find the correct flag in order to face it and render the correct respect. Right. Well, geez, I mean, for crying out loud, it's, it, it, it makes me wonder, well, what are those other Olympians doing? This guy was in the middle, pole in hand, and uh, stopped and looked. I'm going, wait, hold on a second. What about the rest of you guys? I, I guarantee you the song was playing mm-hmm. while, while they were up there. Um, did it, Did it? because you won bronze, and did it affect at all your, your, your score? Um, did you get to run again? How does that work for people who, who don't know? And uh, for, for reference, most people don't know. I'll give you a little insight. Um, the pole vault competition, just like any field event, has a warm-up period. And this particular instance happened during the warm-up period when my friend Michelle Carter was being presented her gold medal. Um, you know, generally, any, uh, any serviceman or woman would say, I need to be more attentive and have my head on a swivel. But like I said earlier, you need to focus those things out. So when the Star Spangled Banner had to play, it was just an ad running down the runway, and everyone got quiet, and the Star Spangled Banner started to play, I turned around. Um, it did not affect, affect my competition, other than I, I wasted a little bit of energy, but that's we, we trained for years and years to have excess of that. Yeah. So... Uh, I, I can imagine. So you were in Brazil, right? Now, Brazil is an incredibly nationalistic country, for people who don't know. When foreign teams go in, whether it's fights or soccer, they actually chant that they will kill them. Like This is, this is a very common Brazilian chant. Did they embrace your American patriotism, um, or were they were they a little bit perturbed? Yes, um, I was really very well pre- received by the Brazilian people, just by on a basis that I, you know, I'm a friendly ambassador. I know their their best their best vaulter. His name is Thiago. He was actually the champion, the gold medal. It's the first gold medal from Brazil for that whole Olympics. Oh wow! And um, I'm good friends with him. I show I was I was I was the best ambassador I could be when he said his personal best for the gold for the gold medal. And if you can just go on my my Twitter, or Instagram, you can see all these Brazilians that have been commenting and say, hey, thank you, come back to Brazil, which I thought was very sweet. Um, we definitely did see that certain. Uh, focus on their nationality in the Capova competition. My French friend was actually booed on the runway and on the Olympic podium. And I don't think they realized that that's not supposed to happen at track meets, and especially at the Olympics. You're really supposed to uphold that Olympic spirit. Um, but I, I, you have to take it with a grain of salt that they're not necessarily ch- chanting against you, but so much for their guy. And it's really just, I'm for my guy, I'm against the other guy. Right, yeah, they they, they do it that way. Now, th- th- your friend, this is not the person who robbed Ryan Lochte, correct? Different different Brazilian. Oh, no, he's a, you know, he's a 22-year-old <laughs> I'm, athlete. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But I appreciate that you were such a good ambassador going there, and obviously, you know, as polite as can be, classing up this joint. Yeah, it is one thing, though. If, if someone like you, for example, when we have Olympics in the United States, if you yelled out or your fans yelled out that you were going to kill them or the Brazilians or booed them, it would be national news. It's just a part of their culture there. They they almost always cheer their guy, even if their guy is 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 not a very savory character. Like Americans, you can lose their favor really quickly, right? People now are not super thrilled with Ryan Lochte in Brazil. It doesn't matter. You're the Brazilian guy. They cheer you. But I did notice that with yours. I didn't hear any boos. So so that's good. No, yeah, like you said, Brazilians are very patriotic, very nationalistic, and they're going to cheer for that flag. It doesn't matter whose chest it's on. So that's just the way they are. Um, Americans, they see they see through the veil. When they watch TV, they don't know me, but they know the USA is on my chest, and they're going to be cheering for me, which I'm really thankful for. It's true. Although, I'll tell you what, they wouldn't cheer for you as much if you weren't such an upstanding young man like you are now. I mean, in good examples in the United States, like if you watch the NHL, or uh, fighting is very international, or soccer— they will boo their own countrymen if they think that they're jackasses. Uh, so I, I would give you more credit. It's not just because you had a flag on your chest. I think it moved a lot of people because, you know, they felt like, okay, here's someone who we want representing our country. Yeah, you're, very, you're put in a very unique 
situation very quickly when you put the USA colors on, you put that uniform on, and you go to the Olympics to compete for your country. Because you're not necessarily competing for yourself like I am here in Switzerland. You're competing for your country. It doesn't necessarily how much, all way in how well you do, but so much as how you represent yourself and who you came there to represent. Now, you were telling me right before we came on that this is the Olympics happened right at the end of your, your track season. So this is really busy for you. And now, are you, you're still a, an Army reservist, right? Yes, that's correct. I, my reserve unit, I served with them monthly, and I stayed up to date on my training. They're actually in Millington, Tennessee. Um, and this is the ending, the closing of the summer track and field season. It's very condensed these next three weeks um, where all the high-level athletes are going to go to perform in order to really garner those points in the World Grand Prix. That's Without getting into too much detail, that's basically like the, uh, the high-level track and field circuit. Yeah, well, see, for me as a simpleton, I, I don't know about you, Jared. I thought the Olympics was the highest. I thought it was. I th uh, Olympics, track and field happens. You know, we, we don't really follow it outside of that. Um, so, how do you main? How do you maintain that schedule? I mean, you're, you know, you're in army. You're in the army reserves. You've got this crazy season with the Olympics. Now you're in Switzerland. Uh, how is that possible? Or are you just going to be? Is there going to be a doping test that comes out and says, "Well, that's why he was a cyborg." <laughs> that's a good one. That's a good one. I, I can appreciate that kind of humor. But um, you say, uh, as a civilian, I compete as an athlete. And now as a reservist, I do all um, Oh, I think we're losing him a little bit because he's over there in Switzerland. Hopefully. That. So, on, uh, on so as long too. as I stay on my duty, my... <laughs> oh, I think, I think I'm hearing that just because you're over there. You're over there in Europe. See, they don't, they're not as on to the internet as we are yet here. Let me hear you again. Sorry, I think I missed you. Well, um... The uh, yeah, the position and this track season is something that uh, has to close up by the end of the year. Um, everybody's going to go compete at their highest level and try to uh, really up their standing on the world stage. Um, at the Olympics is where everybody watches, but the uh, the World Grand Prix is where really athletes make their bones and not necessarily compete for their countries. Sure. Well, I would imagine that's the same thing. You know, like with with World Wrestling Championships or like you know Kayla Harrison World Judo Championships. You look at some, and sometimes you have these people who perform really well on that stage, and then they miss it by just that much in the Olympics. Um, do they do they carve out anything for you? You know, in the in the uh, the Army Reserves, do they say like, okay, listen, this guy's an Olympian. He's going to the Olympics. Uh, he doesn't need to do the full pull-ups, push-ups routine. We let, let's let's make him exempt from that. Do all the other stuff, but let's not feed him for the mess hall and let's let him do his training and still serve the country or are you just another another soldier when you're out there? Well, as an officer, um I certainly uh do things in tandem in order to stay up to date with all my training and whatnot. I always have to have that maximum PT score just to be a good representative for my unit and those men below me. Sure. But uh my unit has given me a lot of leeway in order to travel in order because it, they know that I'm also representing the Army, United States Army, um, wherever I go. Uh, they know that hey, this is we want we want you to grow a great image, so we can use that image in the future. That's part of my job right now. Absolutely, yeah, I think that's important for people to note. I mean, that's why we covered this story on the website. It's uh, lotterwithcrowder.com. I really suggest people go watch the full video. It, it is touching. The first time you watch it, you're going like, wow, this is a moment of genuine just unbridled emotion and patriotism. And sometimes I think we look at these athletes, we see them on TV, and we think, like I said, we think of them as robots. So Sam Kendricks, at Sam Kendricks, we're glad to have you representing our country, representing our military. Thanks for coming on, brother. We really appreciate it. I really appreciate you taking time to deal with me and my Comcast internet. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Comcast could be a sponsor for you moving forward. You don't know. You don't want to just narrow it down to Verizon or, God forbid, Sprint. So Comcast, <laughs> Just say European internet.
Yeah, yeah, it's all T-Mobile over here. There you go, exactly. <laughs> Sam Kendricks will be back. Everybody stay tuned and go watch that video. He's worth your time. This month in her new comedy special, Amy Schumer's Offended by Everything. So I told him, I don't care. I'll take the yoga mat and the sandwich. Then I took Jenny Craig out back and had her kidnapped. <laughs> Jenny Craig! <laughs> Alice, she, I know, she can't turn down the sandwich. <laughs> what was that? It's just uh, the fat stuff. I know. Uh, Did you just call me fat? Oh God, here we go again. <laughs> it's just the bit was funny. Well, you think it's funny that I have a weight problem? <laughs> no, it's it's funny. I can lose a few pounds. It's a funny bit with the yoga mat. <laughs> so you think struggling with a thyroid disorder is funny? <laughs> kind of. You're an asshole. Yeah, he's an yeah. asshole. Yeah, he's an asshole. Right? Everyone, tell him! Stay tuned for more Comedy on the Cutting Edge. Oh. We're back, Hopper growling at the dancing. We need to we need to dance while feeding him like turkey sausage or something. Just to like recondition his mind. Sardines. We are back. That was Sam Kendricks coming up after the break. We're going to have Anne McElhinney, <sighs> our favorite lady. I'm back to my my previous shirt. I had to class it up for the Olympics. And uh, people going, oh, was it a pre? Yes, it was a pre-tape because he was in Sweden, dummies. But we are live now. Uh, there was an attack in Belgium. Looks like, looks like it might have just been a gas leak. So our thoughts uh, are with those folks out there. I'm going to really quickly read what's happening. Jared. Hey, Dean, listen. All right. <clears throat> My therapist has me drop these boundary things, like boundaries that you're, honest to goodness, you're not respecting it. So what I have to do is I'm supposed to tell you, you know, which boundaries you're crossing, when to... I don't know how many more times this has to happen. I didn't think he was going to call me about that. Well, it's, it, no. I mean, listen, we're always glad to have him on. He's a great guest. People love him, but this is a stacked week. <sighs> Kurt Schilling, Sam Kendricks, Ann McElhinney, John Nolte. I know, I know. We have like twice we don't as many time. Uh, right now, I have to read the results. So results from the poll earlier. I asked, what do you think of Donald Trump's recent immigration comments? About a thousand of you answered... And uh, it's split right down the middle. 31% said disappointed, 31% said you love it, and 38% said the media lied about it all, exclamation, exclamation. I don't know that the media lied about this one. Uh, I don't. And I, I don't know exactly where Donald Trump is going with his plan, but I, I think people, again, just people need to be honest about it. Uh, praise the man where you can and still think mm -hmm. critically where you have to. And if you were on board with never amnesty, getting rid of illegal immigrants, he's going to deport them. I think if you, you're being honest right now, you know that's not the case. And maybe, listen, maybe this is him making a deal. Like he said, ask for something greater yep. and then just allow it to scale back. Maybe he planned all along to do this pivot. And uh, 
far be it for me to say that isn't smart politics. Speaking of politics, we have this later leader of the Populist Alternative for Germany party. Um, I can't pronounce her name. Froke Petrie, I think. She talked about gun control in Germany. And she said, many people are increasingly feeling unsafe. Every law-abiding citizen should be in a position to defend themselves, their family, and their friends. We all know how long it takes until the police can get to a scene, especially in sparsely populated areas. She said this, we have it at ladderwithcredit.com, talking about how she was in favor of people arming themselves with guns and um, self-defense devices following a series of violence, uh, violent attacks here last month. You know, it's, it's one of the ironies of the world that the Germans seem to make some of the best guns but they don't really get to use them. That is sad. Think about it. Sig yeah. is German, right? Is Sig German? I know Walther is German. Walther is, and then, and then you got Glock, which is Austrian. Austrian. Well, but don't say German. People get really mad about that. The same, well, I mean, they all have the same policies, though, around there. Yeah, well, they all have the same policies. Yeah. So they make and they fine-tune these fantastic pistols that much of the rest of the world uses, and they can't use it to defend themselves. This is an important point. When people get mad, and uh, I say, well, there's no free speech in Canada. They say, well, what do you mean there's no free? I mean, there is no free speech in Canada. There is no free speech in Europe. It's not protected. We had Christopher Titus on who said, well, can you give me an example of tyranny? Well, this is an example of tyranny with Germany. And, and let me explain this. Tyranny isn't always Hitler takes your guns away. It isn't always uh, Stalin takes your guns away. That's not what tyranny necessarily is. Let's go back to even the United States, right, with Church of England. Uh, let's go back to taxation without representation. Let's boil that down. What did it mean? It meant that they were paying into a system, that they were supporting a political system where they didn't even have a voice. They weren't represented. And that was the real reason, that was a big reason anyway, for the American Revolution. That was It was tyrannical enough that they wanted to put a tax on their breakfast drink of choice. So let's, let's not act as though they'd be tolerating everything that's going on today. So it doesn't necessarily have to be Hitler. Well, how is this tyranny in Germany? Well, let me tell you how. You have the selected few, the elitists, the Angela Merkels, who are deciding what's good for the collective. Uh, their, their duty, their job there is to represent the collective, really the duty here in the United States is to, to protect the Constitution and the natural rights thereof, but that's not how it is necessarily in Europe. They don't have a First Amendment. They don't really have a Second Amendment. So the selected few, the elite, are deciding what's best for the collective, and they're doing it against the will of the collective at this point, with the immigration, uh, with a lot of their policies. And they're doing it while disallowing individuals from protecting their own rights. Let me, let me ask you, is this tyranny when people say, no, no, we don't, we don't want an influx of immigrants. We, we don't want that. We didn't really get to vote on. I, I don't know how we feel about this. Boom, they're in your backyard. And all of a sudden you have record crime, soaring rape, and the government isn't doing anything about it because they're muzzled and they have to be politically correct. So they- With Sharia courts popping up next to your Walgreens. Sharia courts, yes, popping right up. Now you think it was bad when they burned down the CVS in Baltimore. Oh, man. Right next to their, it can get worse. Right next to their right head, they have some imam saying divorce, 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 and some woman's destitute. It's pretty rough out there. It's a rough scene. So, immigrants coming in, crime. People didn't say yes to this. The representatives, the people who tax without giving a voice to its citizenry, have decided, you know what, we're going to do this. And now the citizens are at risk, and that government is barring its own citizens from protecting themselves. So you could find yourself in Germany right now in an area where a bunch of Former ISIS fighters slash refugees have settled down. 
They're raping your women. They're not abiding by any kind of Western civilization laws, by Western, by European laws. Let's call it Western civilization. Let's put it under the umbrella because I know people will get mad and talk about sort of dividing laws between different countries. They're not abiding by any laws that we know and, and care about in Western civilization. They're in your backyard. They're raping. They're committing crimes. They have their own system of laws. And the government tells you, no, 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 no. You don't have the right to protect yourself. That's tyrannical. They don't need to go house to house and take all of your guns away. They've already weakened you. They've already removed your God-given right to protect yourself and your family. That's tyrannical enough. And that's what you're seeing in Germany. And that's, what, that's why you're seeing this uprising in Europe. You're seeing people developing the spine that Americans have had for a long time. Just a little bit. Just a little bit with Brexit. Just a little bit with people like this in Germany saying, no. No, you can't import rape fugees and tell us that we can't protect ourselves. No. We, this is a fundamental, a, a mammoth change in a mindset in Europe. Like France, banning the burkini. Mm -hmm. Listen, I'm not saying you should ban the burkini, but they don't have a First Amendment. The point there, and we wrote about it on the website, is the cultural shift of people saying, you know what, if they don't want to assimilate, if these people are coming over here, our governments are going to welcome them here, and they don't want to become a, a part of a first world country. No. We're going to have to step down on this. That's a big change. And it's tyrannical enough, and people are waking up to it. Speaking of which, Europe and Mechelini coming up to talk Hillary and fracking. I love her. She's just adorable. Hopper wants you to believe that he's looking out for the best interests of every American. And he's asking for your vote. But as you learned last week, he doesn't ask for everything. Like noodles, which he steals. Is that a guilty face or what? Or these dogs he forced to fight for their life in his underground fighting ring. Doesn't seem like he asked for their permission. It's a far cry from cheeses. And what about his newly announced vice presidential candidate, Dean Kane? Why is he always interrupting professional broadcasts? Doesn't he have better things to do with his time? And what's the real story between him and not gay Jared? I guess if you don't ask, he'll never tell. Superman? I think not. The choice is becoming clear, America. Hopper. Unfit, unqualified, and un-American. I pay for my shelter, make one Glad to be back with this next guest. She's been on the show a couple of times, and uh, and uh, GosnellMovie.com, of course, is her, her big project that everyone needs to pay attention to. One of the biggest crowdfunding campaigns of all time. She's worked on Frack Nation. Uh, she's a wonderful friend of the show. A lot of big stuff. And McElhinney, thank you for being back. It's good to be here. Thank you, Stephen. No, we're glad to have you. I was just telling her off air. Her her husband, Philim, is fantastic. Love the guy. But he's usually the one who calls me when there's a project, and he leaves a voicemail. I can understand you, Anne. I can never understand your husband on the phone. It's one of the, my ears, and it it sounded like this on on. I swear to you, the the, the voicemail sounded like oh, uh, so, uh what are you getting down there? I don't know with a blue muffin. And, uh, <laughs> but then the hell are you So you know, call, again, call me back. Bye. And I was like, I, I'll get back to this later. And I filed it and I forgot about it. So I apologize. 
Yeah, well, I, I would, yeah, well, listen, I mean, and I, I love the way you describe, you, you say his name, by the way. I have to say that it sounds like some kind of a, a throat infection, you know, it's like, Tlim, Tlim. Uh, anyway, it's all Philem, Philem. It's t either Phelim or Phelim. That doesn't make any sense. Phelim or Phelim, it's all good. Listen, Salem um, is an A, Phelim. You can't expect me to understand this. Plus, I'm half Canadian, so I'll get it wrong <laughs> yeah. anyway. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> well, so, we need to have both of you on sometime, to, because that's like a sitcom waiting. Because I can do the translation. Exactly. I can do the translating. Exactly. Um, as I was saying to you earlier, Stephen, your, your listeners should check out a video. Um, it's gone viral of two Irish rowers who won uh, silver in the Olympics. And their, their interview, anyone could find it very, very easily. But if you think my husband's difficult to understand, you should check these guys out. It's really worth looking at. And I swear to you guys, it's, it's a genuine interview with them on a national broadcaster in Ireland. And it is just classic. They're brothers, by the way. Oh, um, gosh. Anyway, that's just a side note. Is, it, is there you like a hierarchy out. in Ireland? Because I had a friend who was English. And when he watched, we were watching some fights. Well, actually, Conor McGregor's from Ireland, a big star right now. We were watching some fights, and there was a fighter from Liverpool. And he just started laughing his ass off because he thought it was the funniest accent. And I, to me, I could kind of understand the difference, but I didn't realize right. that people from London, maybe he was from Manchester, just crapped on people from Liverpool to the degree that they did. Well, there's, there's strong accents from different places. So in Ireland, Cork is, is in a specific category, Cork and Kerry. Very, okay. very strong accents. But obviously, you have a particular issue with Tyrone. <laughs> yeah. I'm, going to put, I'm going to let my husband know about that. <laughs> well, all right, there we go. Okay, so you have so much that you, you, you work on. You, you and Phelan are so prolific. Recently, you did so a Hillary Clinton situation. You were talking yes. about, tell, tell us yes. exactly what it is, actors, yeah. the depositions. Yeah. Um, so basically, and anyone can find it online, Clinton emails on film. Uh, what we did was Judicial Watch had managed to be able to depose a lot of Hillary Clinton's staff. These depositions were recorded and filmed. However, Clinton's uh, lawyers were able to have the video of those depositions with Cheryl Mills and Huma Abedin, etc., to have the videos suppressed. So what we decided to do, or Phelan decided to do, um, was to get the transcripts of those uh, depositions and hire uh, actors here in Hollywood and to basically recreate the depositions. And they're available online. They're on YouTube. Uh, about a half a million people have watched so far. Uh, so check them out. You can find Huma Abedin. You can find Cheryl Mills, um, Steve Mullen. Uh, un unbelievable, the testimony, unbelievable stuff. So we did that. We crowdfunded it again. As you know, Stephen, we're very fond of crowdfunding. We like the idea of having the, the, the public say they want stuff that right. the mainstream media won't bother doing. So, you know, $52,000 came in from over 1,000 people, and we're super grateful for that because I think it's, uh, it's history worth recording. Right. And uh, we're, living, we're living through this quite extraordinary history uh, every day with new revelations. So I think it was worthwhile doing. And for anyone, it's there forever. They how, can't how are you able take to, it down. How are you able to cast that? And I have to imagine that Lena Dunham turned down the Hillary Clinton role pretty quickly. Isn't that a shocker? <laughs> Isn't that just the most extraordinary shocker? Yeah, we lo love that girl. Um, um, oh, so, well, you know, actually, with with uh, we have some stories. We have some stories. You know, we had people. You know, because obviously, out here in 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 LA, you have you know, every time you go for a meal, like anywhere, or you go and get your hair done, or you get anything done here, the person is not the job they say they do. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. So it's like they're a hairdresser slash actor, voiceover actor, mime right. artist, singer. 
you know, want to run their own band or whatever. So there's an awful lot of people, and I, I'm not, I, I don't want to make fun of them, actually, because I think it's a really great thing, people trying to, you know, to, to perform in the arts and whatever. So there's an awful lot of people here who'd really like to act. So when you put out a casting call, you get a huge response, and we did get a huge response. And then what would happen was we would make it really clear. We're like, do you know what this is about? Do you understand what we're doing here? This is the verbatim testimony of these depositions. And uh, what suddenly happened, Stephen, shocker, just blow me down with a feather here. People said, oh, I don't want to have anything to do with that. Oh, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. And this is turning down a good day's work, you know, doing the thing that they really want to do. However, it's worth saying that the actors who did turn up were fabulous. And not all of them, by the way, were conservatives. There were, you know, really good people, open-minded people who felt that this was important and wanted to do it. So we were, you know, in the end, it actually was quite easy to find people. Um, and we got great people. And the performances are just amazing. Yeah, well, I would imagine you have some people trying to go off book. Like, I can't be controlled by a director, man. No, no, no this is direct word testimony. Well, maybe that's what you say. Okay, you're gone. Did you, did yeah. you have any luck getting uh, any, any dwarves to play Hillary Clinton? Because we've had We've tried to that. hire dwarves, We've and there was trouble. a rentamidget.com, and they denied us because they said we might use it for untoward purposes. I'm like, you're rentamidget.com. What yeah. purpose could there be? <laughs> yeah, I love that. Well, luckily, none of the people that we were trying to represent are actually midgets, so that kind of helps. Well, Hillary Clinton look. is close. That's what you could. Uh, uh, they prefer a little trooper. Okay. All right. I've, luckily, I've never been up that close with her, except for I have to say that yesterday in my neighborhood, she was somewhere here in, the, in Hollywood. Uh, in, in whose house was she in? Not Justin Bieber. No, which is the one? Um, Must have been a oh, big house. Beale, Beale, Beale. And yeah, Beale Justin and Justin Timberlake, because Leo DiCaprio Beale was going to host them, but he had the scandal. That's with the, right. Was it That's Malaysian right. embezzlement? So I was driving yesterday morning. I was driving my husband to the airport. He's giving a speech about fracking tonight in Canada. And I'm on the way to the airport thinking, this is bizarre. This is like, just makes no sense at all. It took us forever. I thought we were going to miss the flight. And of course, I come back and, and meet a neighbor and say, what was that all about? Oh, Hillary Clinton is in the neighborhood. So it's like, OK, that makes sense. Yes, there's that's Hillary Clinton. That's her security. And that's her army of pharmaceutical representatives to inject. Correct. <laughs> Sorry not to oh, feed the conspiracies. I'm naughty, joking. Naughty. Uh, I know. Well, listen, the but least, we love it. Yes, yes. The least of her problems is any kind of a, 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 of an epileptic disorder. Believe me. So that's not what we run with here. But it's fun. So, uh, OK, so you did this. That was the reaction. It's done. It, it's done really well. You had the same yes. situation when you did it with um, with Michael Brown, right? When people Correct, found with Ferguson. Out. Yeah, which yeah. also, by the way, is online. For anybody who wants to watch that, Ferguson the Play is on YouTube. Um, and a lot of people have watched already. And it's, it's amazing. And in fairness, you know, Phelan did an incredible job. And it's really worth watching, you know, and particularly this summer with all the awful things that have happened. You know, that the lie, hands up, don't shoot, that that lie needs to be exposed for what it is and yeah. it really does and so ferguson goes a certain way to doing that and i think it's really important i mean it reminds me that i don't know if you saw you two when they were on their world tour we got a friend of ours brought us to the, the show here in la and it was you know it's it's bono so you know you can expect what you expect right. but midway in the show midway in the show and one of the big things about the stage was that this big long sort of platform that went all the way down, you know, along the audience, whatever, really long thing was kind of their special thing. And they projected images on screen and stuff. But their big moment was Bono walking like 300 yards. I mean, seriously, this was a really long platform with his hands up saying, hands up, hands up, don't shoot, hands up, don't shoot, hands yeah. up, don't hands shoot. Hands up, don't and record he did another that. album. Uh, yeah, well, exactly. And he did that, and he did that, and he did that in that world tour and would have 
travel the globe telling and spreading that lie about Michael Brown, about that, uh, you know, I'm, I think it's very sad the man died, but, he, you know, the circumstances in which he died were not... Well, uh, it just disappears is the problem, like corn gains. We were the only ones to, to actively cover when it happened, to go, wait, hold, hold on a second, what is going on here? Other people caught on. Then we were the only ones to run the video afterward of her traffic stop, where it was a clear-cut case of child abuse. The police were saying, hey, buddy, can you come with us? We're going to have to get the car towed. They're going to try and kill you. We, we're not trying to kill you, buddy. We're your friends. You're going to have to kill me, believe that? Yeah. Someone's going to say yeah. this impression is racist. That's how she sounded. And then she got right. her wish. She was using her child as a human meat shield. And, yeah. uh, and we're actually, we've had a call out. We're doing some research to see if someone can, can uh, I don't know what's happened with the child. I hope he doesn't go into the system. Hope he gets fostered or adopted by people who are not abusive parents and teach them how to be members of a, of a productive society. And this yeah. would have gone unchecked once it came out beyond all shadow of a doubt that she was a child abuser. It just disappears. So you have people who yeah. believe the first story. Same thing with hands yeah. up, don't you? No, it's very, it's very, very hard to come back with the truth when a story has been aired to, to the extent that Michael Brown got aired. Right. It's very, very hard, you know, to, to, to counter with the truth at that stage. I mean, it's extraordinary. But what's really amazing about the, te about the Ferguson uh, play, which is obviously, you know, verbatim uh, from the testimony, is the scenes at the end. And if, you know, if people, if they only watched one section of it, watched, you know, close to the end, like five, ten minutes from the end, uh, where one witness, a black young woman, uh, is is giving is giving evidence. She says <clears throat> clearly and repeatedly, "I don't like cops." That's what she says mm -hmm. repeatedly and repeatedly. I don't like cops. Does everyone understand that? I just want you to know. I wanted to record it here. I don't like cops. She says it over and over and over and over again. And then she says, "But here's what went down." Right. And then she describes what happened. And she said that cop was going to die. They were going. He was going to kill that cop. And she says, and she repeats it and repeats it, I don't like cops. So here's a black woman from her own community who doesn't like cops, but who told the truth. And it's really powerful. And when it was done on stage, I mean, it was extraordinary, uh, people's reactions to it. Um, Orson Bean, who you guys probably know, uh, the father-in-law of Andrew, Andrew Breitbart, Breitbart. But, but also Emmy Award-winning director, said it was the best theater he'd seen in 20 years. Yeah, and that's uh, that's a ringing endorsement. Um, not side side note: Is there anything whiter, not gay, Jared, than a blonde Irish lady saying, "That's how it went down." <laughs> that's how. <laughs> yo. Oh. <laughs> No. No, no, no. Stephen. No. Well, I know no, you Stephen, can play I... ball. That's why we do it with you here. Otherwise, you're going to get triggered. Hey, have you been following the story of the Leslie Jones nude photo leaks this week? No, but I saw I saw tweets from you this last few days since I, since you invited me on the show, and I was kind of going, okay, well, this nude photo thing, and I'm kind of doing about 12 things at the one time, and I think, and I must come back and find out what this nude photo Oh, it's just Leslie Jones, is. the Ghostbusters black actress who got Milo right. kicked off Twitter. There were nude photos leaked of her. Oh, yes, and yes, I, I do just know said, story like, now. Oh, nude photos leaked? I'm not, I'm not checking the internet today. See, and they're like, oh, that's so racist. Because I don't want to look at leaked nude photos of Leslie Jones. I mean, oh, you were a wow. former liberal, right? So, yes, I'm here's okay now. <laughs> yes, you're okay now. But were you ever this against free speech, even when you were on the left? Were you ever all about the identity politics and taking professional no. offense? No. Because that's a new breed that I think even you would have found foreign back yeah. then. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's really weird. I mean, I, you know, I'm trying to, you know, I, I just can't, I, I, I read stuff now and I think almost everything I read, I think is like an onion story because I'm thinking there's no way that that's, there's no way they said that. There's no way people said that. You know, you're looking at stuff, quotes from the, from Salon and stuff like that. You're thinking, no, no way. There's no way they defend a pedophile that? three times. No, they did three times. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if you saw, there's a great, the great article in the Wall Street Journal the other day about, 
um, this uh, this sausage movie. Yeah, the sausage movie yeah, yeah, controversy, yeah, yeah. right? And about the all the gender, sex, politics, and identity, and all that sort of stuff. And honestly, there is an article in the Wall Street Journal, and it, I, I put it on my Facebook page because I was kind of going. I was reading a film sent it to me, and I thought. Yeah, I, I thought, yeah, yeah, right, you know, salon, <laughs> you know, and, and actually, you know, it's true. And it's so extraordinary. Like they're objecting, like they're objecting, yeah. you know, to a, pa- you know, they're, 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 objecting, they're objecting, objecting burger patties, to a comedy. <laughs> they're objecting to a comedy, but their objection. And I said to Phelan, I didn't even, even know what subcategory this was because it's, it's like, it's satire, but it's even worse than that because it's like satire on yourself. As right. forces, satire no, normally goes out towards society, but this is a satire on well, yourself. Well, hold on, I know, not to make the woman joke, but you can't get this, you can't get this broad to stop talking. We'll talk with her more after the break. Anne McElhenney, stay that's tuned. Me. No, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Delilah. Tracy, I'm happy to take your call. Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm such a big fan, I, I can't even believe it. Mm, none of us can. What can I help you with today? Um, well, I have an urgent problem with a fire. Oh, are things getting hot and heavy at home? Sometimes those passionate relationships are the flame that burns brightest. No, I mean a house fire? Oh, there's nothing like making a loving house a home. No, an actual house fire, it, it was electrical. There, my house is on fire. There's nothing I like more than, on an autumn evening like tonight, opening up a book and curling up with a glass of wine by the warm fire while I listen to the tunes of Billy Joel. Do you like Billy Joel? No, the only reason I'm still on the phone is because I'd already dialed in and you answered, and I, I need someone to call the fire department. Hmm, I know how that feels. How about the Backstreet Boys? I'm gonna die. Glad to be back. Anne McElhinney, GosnellMovie.com. Sorry for that, dis- just that uncomfortable display. And okay, right before we left, you were saying about the offended, the Wall Street Journal. Yeah, the the offense at offense. It's it is hard, and it happens both on the right and the left now, unfortunately, where people are so quick to try and take the moral high ground by claiming offense. Professional victimhood is a good business, and that's a perfect example. They were mad, if I recall, because uh, the fire water. You know, it's a b- bunch of animated food. And there was one that was called a bottle of firewater, and he was a Native American. And but the, there's also a problem with the Latina. Who was a the taco? The Latina sausage should have been some kind of a yeah. So the Latina is what's that? Yeah, is a, is a taco, but it should have been better. It was kind of degrading that it was a taco. Should have been kind of a higher grade, maybe like a like I don't a know, burrito. like a Frankfurter. But then that's kind of offensive to Germans. So you know, it they were writing like this. Right. They were writing like this, and they withdrew. They had had a previous review where the person had reviewed the film, and then they review, they withdrew that and apologized. Well, and you, they didn't yeah. just apologize. They wrote like 2,500 words of an apology about all this Latina taco controversy. That's and like as somebody said, training email the, length. 
<laughs> oh, it's like, but as somebody said, you know, like not that long ago, you know, our forefathers, you know, fought and died, you know, fought and died for things that really mattered. And, and, and they exercise, their minds were exercised by how do we end TB? Right. You know, and, yeah. and, and things and just things like that. And, and now they're the, protesting so... RuPaul for using the word tranny. <laughs> RuPaul. Talk about it. Uh, Pat Oswalt had a bit about wow. that. Who's a liberal. That's nice. It was like RuPaul used the word. Tra it's like this is the tranny. And they're offended yeah. now. I saying. thought I thought trannies were allowed to call themselves trannies. I thought they owned that well, language. We're going to have to I censor be you. Only they can say they're tranny. They're going to come after me. They're going to Pretty have to soon you won't be allowed to say taco. Taco. However you say it as well. Okay. So speaking of miracles you've talked about fracking a lot a lot yes. a lot and people know your story you worked you were sort of anti-big energy and then you were converted um are, i'm sure you have the numbers the amount of jobs that have been created under barack obama uh, the the largest bulk of which is fracking i was reading these yeah. reports now do you, do you have the number with the percentages but despite I don't, his best no, efforts, i don't no i don't have a number i don't have a number but it's extraordinary and i think even the numbers that are even the numbers that are given are unrepresentative because what you what you what they don't count is people in, you know, in, in balloon making shops or in party shops or in hairdressing salons or nail salons who have got jobs only because fracking has come to town and their business has reopened that was shuttered. Good so point. I think the, the, the transformation and I, it's funny, it's a very interesting thing that you bring up fracking right now, because I just think in all the noise at the selection and we're, you know, this is something we could talk about, maybe not today, Stephen, sure. but in all the noise of the selection, I wish people would talk about the issues, because here's what I know. In this election, it's super clear that this is actually an, an election about fracking. Yeah. Because one candidate is going to close it down completely and one candidate isn't. So I think that should be something that people should put first when they start talking about candidate suitability. There's another candidate, by the way, and we may get on to talking about Gosnell. There's one candidate who thinks it's great, good, and something important that in America you can kill a baby in the womb up until nine months. Yeah. One candidate believes that strenuously, courageously believes that, and will fight for that, will fight to the end for that, and one candidate doesn't. Right. I wish people would talk a little bit more about that, because I actually think, to me, actually, that really matters a lot. Sure. I think there's a lot of people for whom that would matter a lot. That it matters a lot to me. Nine months, you know. Yes. And I just think we should maybe talk a little bit more about that. And I'm disappointed by conservatives getting distracted. I am disappointed from... by conservatives who who pivoted when Donald Trump did was very disappointing on an answer in abortion. And um, he actually canceled a show with one of my friends because this person said, you know what? I was disappointed by his answer on this. And everyone got furious. So I think you're right. I think now it's come to light. But I also think because it's so important, we need to hold their feet to the fire, Democrat or Republican. And yes. there's been a lot of missteps on the right with that as well. Yeah. Yeah. But I just think I just think it's an interesting one. And, you know, you're just talking about fracking. Yes. Fracking no, no, I was talking about, about abortion, the answer but, you know, oh, yes. on abortion. But I, I, I agree with you. Listen, I've always said this. I'm, I'm a Christian. I, I, I don't go out and I don't preach on the show. Right. I think you have a funny show. You have a show people want to watch and you try and be the best example you can now. It doesn't mean that I'm a single issue voter. However, the life issue is a closed handed issue. I can't vote for someone who is, okay, abortion up until uh, birth, like a Bernie, like a Hillary. And I'm amazed that there are, we've talked about this, not Kajir and I, a lot of even homeschooled young Christian kids who said, well, Bernie is about social justice, but he was even worse and said, up until the day of birth, I believe it's the woman's right to choose. And I don't know how anyone who respects life could, could be on board with that. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, I can't, I can't really add anything to that. To me, it's, I just find it extraordinary. I'm, I'm amazed. But of course, it kind of, it reinforces this idea of what, of how incredibly in the tank the media are for Hillary Clinton. Because to me, it seems like a killer question. To me, it's a really killer question. Are you saying, you know, one of my colleagues here, Magda, I love, the, she has a great phrase, a great way of thinking. She says basically. Isn't it incredible that this is something that you would get out on the, you know, it would take an awful lot, Stephen, for me to get out with a placard on the street. Just, that's me, right? right. I find the whole idea of protesting tough. But to, that you would be someone who'd protest for the right to kill a baby at nine months right. is kind of amazing, right? So I think to ask someone that who wants to be president of the United States, I think it's a really good question. I think it's a question that people would find very, very interesting to hear the answer to that. Um, and I, I just wish somebody did ask her that, and I wish we'd heard, we hear more about that. And I, I, I worry actually that there'll be debates, and that won't be asked because they won't ask. Well, it, I think a big they get part all of it too. Bothered up with other stuff. Yeah, I think a big part of it too is you know we, we've talked about this. We just we've had John Nolte on today and Kurt Schilling, who are, who are big Trump people. We had Ben Shapiro on, who's not very pro-Trump. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think it's a question that's important. It's imperative to the the character of our nation, and um, it does disappoint. I think a lot you see with this sort of populist Trumpism. They said, well, we need to abandon that completely. I understand pro-life isn't necessarily a winning issue that you run yeah. on, but it's an important issue. Yes, yeah, and I think it's, I, 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 by the way, I think all of these things go to um, the, the beliefs of the candidate, and I think the beliefs of the candidate are very important. I, I think agree. people have, need to have them laid out very clearly, and obviously there's, there's nuance here and there and whatever, but things like that, I think are very, I think it's, or the it's lack a very of clear thing. In, of a candidate. I don't think Hillary, unlike Barack Obama, I don't think Hillary Clinton actually believes anything. I think he was an ideologue. I think she, what's the poll today? And then she consults with, 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 uh, with Beelzebub and we, we get our answer. Ed McElhinney, we have to go. GosnellMovie.com, speaking of that, where else can people find you? They can find McElhinney on Facebook, uh, GosnellMovie.com, as I said, they, and we still are collecting. We have to go, Anne, you people. talk so much. We need you again for another segment next right. week. Ed McElhinney, okay. we will plug her again. Fast forward to the year 2022. Two, two. Okay, thank you so much for applying to Platt, Lou, and McDonald, Mr. Lochte? Yeah, that's right. And you are applying for an internship position, correct? Totes. Okay, well, your resume is nothing less than impressive. It says here that you are fully trained in Microsoft Suite. That's great. Can type 124 words a minute. Wow. Also, that you have been to the moon. Yeah, that's right. Three times? And back, correct. Incredible. It also says that you're a member of Mensa, as well as the Big Brain Society. Do I have that right? Two cards. It also says that you are head of an accredited university. Yep. A former senator. You know it. As well as worked for an undercover federal agent for eight years abroad in Europe. They didn't even know. I also have your press release of when you saved a small Ethiopian child from a tree. Kid was scared. Did my part. As well as single-handedly ended the Haiti earthquake. Got long arms. Wasn't hard. This is nothing short of stellar. Finally, it also says here that you once beat Michael Phelps. In the 200 meter? That's true. That happened once. Okay, Mr. Lochte. I find this hard to believe. This election season, America, Hopper wants your vote. But how much do you really know about Hopper? 
Are you aware that he's a doggo Argentino? As in, from Argentina. He's not even American. Is it too much to ask for Hopper's birth certificate? Why do no other dogs from Puppy Daycare even remember him? What's he hiding in his pants? And his running mate, Dean Kane? He claims he's only part Japanese. But he looks really Asian to me. Should Superman be Asian? An Argentinian and an Asian running for president and vice president of America? Unfit, unqualified, and un-American. I pay for my show to make one sense. Glad to be back. Third hour coming up after the break, we will have John Nolte, who people love have been asking, have been requesting John Nolte. I am your host, Stephen Crowder. Producing with me in video studio, as always, is Not Gay Jared. Follow him on Twitter at Not Gay Jared. I fulfilled my legal obligations. Draw your own conclusions. Uh, gosh, I hope uh, we have Ann McElhinney back on when we talk about the, the whole Gosnell deal. That'd All be good. That'd be good. And hopefully John- Frag Nation was fantastic. Frag Nation was a fantastic. People haven't seen that one. It was a high quality film. Mm-hmm. And a rebuttal to, is it Josh Fox? Josh Fox. Josh Fox's Gasland. Gasland For, which is just awful. I was just talking about a, about that film at, at a, an old naked man in the hot tub at the gym today. That's normal. Talking about how much he loved Michael Moore. And I, I, oh, I said, well, I'm surprised. I'm surprised because you talked you met about. Him. You met him. You met him. The one Michael Moore fan. You yeah, got the him. one Michael Moore fan. <laughs> but he was shocked when I told him about Roger and me and how Michael Moore actually got the interview with the oh, really? GM and claimed that he didn't. And that he's like, really? Huh? Well, you know, I never been fact checked on that, but that's I'll need to go. And he just completely changed his mind. Oh gosh! And then he was talking about his shotgun. And I said, Well, Michael Moore doesn't, you know, doesn't even really believe in the private, uh, private citizenry's right to bear to own any firearms. He said, What? I said, Yeah. Have you seen Bowling for Columbine? No. He'd only seen the last two. Uh. His mind was changed. So these little day. That's why I say to people, the little day to day interactions, you will be stunned as to how quickly. People are willing to change their minds. Speaking of which, we'll, we'll get into a little inside baseball with John Nolte. I know people uh, have been asking. He left Breitbart. He's work, sometimes working with Daily Wire, Ben Shapiro. He's mm-hmm. super pro-Trump. I think that's an interesting dynamic. We'll, we'll talk with him about that. Uh, we'll get to, in a, f- a couple of minutes, this week in outrage, uh, for those on Twitter, this week in social justice warrior outrage. Something I thought was interesting I touched on earlier. New report says transgenderism has no scientific basis. So we wrote about it at LiderWithCrowder.com, but let me just give you uh, the briefing on the study. Arizona State University Professor of Statistics and Biostatistics Lawrence S. Mayer and John Hopkins University Medical School Professor of Psychiatrics Paul McHugh co-authored a report which examined top peer-reviewed studies in the biological, psychological, and social sciences. This is the quote Examining research from the biological, psychological, and social sciences, this report shows that some of the most frequently heard claims about sexuality and gender are not supported by scientific evidence. Remember this when leftists claim that you're anti-science. Among the key findings listed by the authors was that the hypothesis that gender identity is an innate, fixed property of human beings that is independent of biological sex, meaning there is somehow a difference between gender and sex. That's the whole thing. The term now gender is not sex. That's what they teach on campus. 
that a person might be trapped in a woman's body or a woman trapped in a man's body is not supported by any scientific evidence. Children are a special case when addressing transgender issues. Only a minority of children who experience cross-gender identification will continue to do so into adolescence or adulthood, the authors continued. So you can read the – we wrote about it at Lotter with Crowder.com. It came to us from uh, – I think we found – I don't know where we found that Daily Caller. This is important to note because the left will always tell you that you are the part – you are the anti-science party. We're going to do a big mm -hmm. video on the climate change. Uh, you're a climate change denier. Remember Bill Maher said yep. – Bill, Bill Maher. Bill Nye. Bill Nye. You're a climate change denier. You're a science denier. Well, what do people really mean when they say that? You're a climate science denier. They mean you disagree with my proposed legislation based on hypothetical climate science. Here's something that is medically observable, scientifically observable. You don't really need uh, to hope to one day test a hypothesis 10 years down the line, 40 years down the line, maybe when Florida is gone, as Al Gore predicted. You can look at the evidence we have available. You can do a meta-study, which they've done. You can, you can track uh, whatever, neurotransmitter activity, what's happening in certain portions of the brain, whether it's the, you know, the, the, the frontal was its cerebral cortex. We had mm -hmm. Dr. Boniface on talking about the portion that creates this, this idea of self-awareness, your perception of yourself. You can observe these things. That's science. And the science on this is, is becoming more and more definitive that despite what they teach on college campuses, despite what they mandate over there at ESPN, you say there is no gender. Doesn't, there's biological sex. There are extreme cases, whether it's hermaphrodites. We all acknowledge. Let's not go to the outliers, which leftists try to do to prove their mainstream science. Uh, so it's interesting. This is a very definitive study. And I would love to have some of the uh, the transgender guests out there who are more sort of alt-right conservative, who've been upset when we've talked about this before. It doesn't mean that I dislike anyone who's transgender. It doesn't mean that I hate them. I wish them the best. I just don't think the best thing is to inject hormones into their balls. Hey, wait, does that sound outrageous? That brings us to our next segment. This week is Social Justice Warrior Outrage. Oh, dear God! Yeah, nice little intro there. there we go. Working on that this yeah, week? We've been working on that. So this week in Social Justice Warrior Outrage, we have a few stories to get to. We, we were doing so many of these stories, we said, you know, we have to condense this down to a segment. Yeah, as promised. As promised. Uh, let's recap the first one. We talked about it in the first hour. Of course, the dildos there at UT. People are so outraged that Americans are exercising their Second Amendment rights that they decided to wave around dildos because one does. Bring that back up, Jared. Something that you should note. If you look at these tweets, all these stories, it's illegal in Texas to carry uh, to display sex toys, but not guns. UT students are staging unique protests of campus carry. Two likes, one retweet. <laughs> The interactions that come from these leftists, these I'm always wondering if they've bought these accounts. Again, this proves nobody really cares about the people throwing dildos around in Texas. They're outraged mm -hmm. because they're professionally outraged. If it wasn't someone carrying guns, it would be the fact that somebody was born a white male. Uh, let's go on to the next story where people were outraged. Oh, Hope Solo has been suspended six months. This happened this week. Uh, soccer player, I believe, because she said that the Swedes were cowards. She said the Swedes were playing to win like a point game. They weren't really leaving it all out there in the field. She said they are cowards, and she has been suspended. Condemned for trash talk. Condemned for trash talk. Do you realize Don Cherry, Hockey Night in Canada, he used to say that all the time. And those damn Swedes, they always hit you. They cross-check you from behind. Can't the other guy. No was sport it? would exist. NFL would not exist. <laughs> <laughs> Every player would be banned. Right. I mean, there's a certain level at sure, which it becomes distasteful. Sure. But to ban someone for saying, and by the way, 
Swedes are generally cowards. I'm not even going to lie to you. Swedes are generally... And if it's not... If you're not cowards, if you're Swedish, you're just perceived that way. You're perceived as cowards. When we think of Swedes, we think of people who have contributed very little to uh, modern society, except for, I think, birth control and beds that fold into desk chairs. The Swedish fish are fantastic. I don't even know if those are Swedish. Probably not. The horse meat The Muppet are. Chef. The Muppet Chef. But you don't, you're not bringing a whole lot to the table, Sweden. And so we have to peg you with something. It just so happens, based on prior behavior, um, cowardice is a good fit on you. We have another story. We have two more or one more? Two more. Two more. Oh, okay. Oh, this was a big one this week. Trending all over the place was Black Women's Equal Pay Day. So, of course, Bernie Sanders, Chuck Schumer, Amy Schumer's little uh, unky Chuck there, Representative Barbara Lee, they were talking about how the gender wage gap isn't about women's choices. It's about how we value their work. And all of these black women on Twitter were, were, were outraged that I don't know. I'm making only 60% of what white men make. And this was trending. Here's the crazy thing. Of course, it's completely untrue. Right, we know this. Of course, it's completely untrue. It's not because you're black. It's not because of the melanin in your skin. It's because of level of education. It's because of the field that you chose to go into. Um, someone who gets a bachelor's and chooses to go into social work is not going to do as well as somebody who chooses to go into a very advanced science field that requires years upon years of schooling and then uh, has a specialized job position available. Really easy. Gender pay gap. Myth. Google it. You can find information within. We've done videos on it. We've done videos on it yep. many times. It is completely false. It is very, and, and I will give it no ground, none. I even have some friends or relatives who are rel kind of conservative. Like, well, that's true. I say, nope, nope, it's not true at all. It's one of those things you don't need to give them any leeway. It's completely false. Here's the scary part: Bernie Sanders, Hillary Clinton. Your representatives are tweeting this out. So you have a decision to make: Is Bernie Sanders an absolute moron? I don't think he is. Or is he dishonest? Is Barack Obama an absolute uh, simpleton? Or is he lying? Is Hillary Clinton functionally retarded? Of course she's functionally retarded. I had to do it because people were asking yep, about the, I uh, too. the impression. By the way, PC's Beard, shout out. One of our biggest fans. Apparently he needed a shout out. I haven't seen him in a while. Uh, I've seen him on Twitter a little bit here and there. Hopefully yeah. he's doing well. PC's Beard. We, we, PC. we love you. Are these people idiots? It's not the fact that a bunch of dumb Twitter mobsters and hashtag warriors are, are, are carrying misinformation out into the blogosphere. It's that the elite, the, the representatives who know better are spreading this misinformation. So you have to decide, are they stupid or are they liars? And that's really important because I don't say that about every single issue. I don't say that if someone believes in climate change, they're an idiot. I think that you could probably look at some science on both sides of that, and I think that there are people who make compelling arguments on both sides. There is no compelling argument to substantiate the wage gap myth. None anymore. And Hillary Clinton is smart enough to know that. But she's going to go out and, and parrot this anyway. That that's the concerning part. Not 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 the Sean Kings of the by the way, when I saw Sean White was trending, I always think that was a playoff someone's taken someone's yeah. taken the leak out of Sean King. But no, no. it was actually Sean White this was guy. trending. We have one last story. One last one. Yep. One last story. Oh, Leslie Jones, the uh the uh the the, the big black lady from Ghostbusters. <laughs> so, okay, nudes of her leaked. She was hacked, which is horrible. By the way, just for people, maybe if Hillary Clinton's listening, iCloud is not a secured server. I just want people to know that now. Don't store your nudes on iCloud. Now, is this a horrible violation of privacy? Yeah. Do I think it's terrible that they did this to this, this person? Uh, absolutely. I tweeted out 
oh, nude pictures of Leslie Jones are on the internet today. Nope. That's what I tweeted yep. out. That I was leaving the internet. I didn't want to see them. Right away, the tweets came in. Racist. How dare you say that? And I was accosted digitally for not wanting to see a woman naked. It's not enough for you to say, wow, this is terrible that someone was hacked, but man, I don't want to see those naked pictures. It's not enough for you to say, uh, okay, I get it. I defend her right to privacy, but I don't, you have to care. You must agree with other people's definitions of beauty. This is what happens in social justice left. This is why they're constantly outraged. It's good business to be outraged. You make more money if you're a professional victim now. Why work hard? Get it? Just, just claim victim status and there's a grant or a scholarship somewhere. John Nolte coming up next. Next. This week in Not Racist. Oh my God, did you hear about Leslie Jones? No, what happened? Her phone got hacked and there are nude pictures of her all over the internet. Oh, God. Oh, no. Remind me not to go on the internet today. Why would you say that? What? It's clear why I would say that. It's unbelievably offensive. What? How is that offensive? So you don't want to see her nude pictures just because she's black? What? No! That ha No! I don't want to see them because she's heinously unattractive. Because she's black. No! I've seen plenty of naked black women and liked it. I watched Monsters Ball. Oh, really? Okay, so you're not racist? No! No, she's just ugly. Okay, well then how about you prove it? <sighs> Alright, fine. Show me the naked Leslie Jones picture. Wow, I can't believe that you were willing to perpetuate rape culture so quickly. Okay, how do I get out of this one unscathed? What do you want to pin this on today? Is it, is it racism or sexism? Well, today we're definitely focusing more on sexism. Okay, put me down for because she's black. Good choice. This has been This Week in Not Racist. We're glad to be back. Confused, our next guest. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at NoltyNC. Uh, writes for the DailyWire.com. Was also my first ever, ever editor when I was writing at, uh, at well, Breitbart. It was BigHollywood.Breitbart.com back right. then. John Nolte, thanks for being here, sir. My pleasure. Thanks for asking me. No, got, glad to have you on. So, that, I mean, how long ago was that? I was 20. And John was it was it was BigHollywood.Breitbart.com because was it Andrew right. couldn't get the rights to Big Hollywood or something. <laughs> yeah, he couldn't get BigHollywood.com was a porn site. Was it? Was it actually? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was. I, mean, I may be confused it with WhiteHouse.com, but I think it was a porn site. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and uh, I remember that. I remember um, I heard Andrew Breitbart on the Dennis Miller show, and I thought, wow, this seems like an interesting guy. It's a place for conservatives to write. He was really passionate about it, and I just reached out to him, and he talked for 45 minutes on the phone with me, <laughs> ran a stand-up clip, said it did well, and he's like, hey, do you ever want to think about writing? And then he put me in touch with you, and you, you were the one who taught me the ropes. Yeah, yeah it was uh, eight years ago, a little more than eight years, well, about eight years ago now. We launched the day after Barack Obama took the oath of office, but 
the day before he violated it. So it was right after. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good way to keep track of the timeline. Now, because this is eight years ago, so a lot of people now who maybe read Breitbart don't even know the sort of big Hollywood story. You were brought in because you did, um, was it Dirty Harry's Place? You had a blog that was pretty popular. Yeah, I was one of the few people. I had worked at a very low level in Hollywood for a few years. And I was writing a blog called Dirty Harry's Place. And I was one of the few people that looked at Hollywood and looked at film and pop culture from a conservative point of view. But I didn't look at it from sort of what you might call a moralistic point of view. Right. Like you have a, and there's a place for that. Don't, don't misunderstand me. I'm not knocking anyone. But I don't really care if a movie's R-rated or what kind of nudity is in it or anything like that. Um, and I'm actually, I kind of like nudity if it's tasteful. Yeah. Um, but, but, and female. Uh, as long as she's in good shape. Well, but, so I guess I that negates girls on HBO. Yeah, and Ghostbusters. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, uh, so I was looking at it from purely a film lover's point of view, and Andrew liked that. He thought that it would be good to have a right of center, you know, from from conservative people who are conservative Christian straight through to libertarian. And when it comes to movies, I'm more libertarian. Um, and that's that's just how it ended up happening. So I was his first editor in chief. I remember that, and it was uh, it was a crazy time. I remember uh, there were a couple. I remember the. Do you remember the one video that we didn't run at Breitbart that I did? The first one that Andrew said we can't do this. It was too controversial back then. Do you remember what it was? No, there's it, so much going on. It was it was the one where I did the uh, the illegal immigration one, and uh, I said let's set up a whaling wall because it'll confuse the Mexicans. And he was just. <laughs> I remember, and he he was oh, like. Were you in brownface? Yes, yes, I was. I was going to. I was leading up to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I remember yeah. you were like, "Ah, it's funny. We just yeah. we can't do this right now." Um, fast forward now, and uh, and I don't I don't think we'd have that much of a problem with it. I think the political correctness thing has kind of swung the other way, and obviously with with uh, the website now with his with his name on the header, I don't, I don't think there'd be an issue. Are you? Yeah, I don't. I, I honestly don't know. I mean, at the time, I was just doing. Um, you know, it, it, and those basically were my decisions. Andrew sat down and we talked, well, the whole four years I worked for him, I was his editor, um, about what his guidelines were. So it was really up to me to to interpret them. Um, and yeah. in that case, and in a number of cases, I always interpreted on the, you know, to, to be as cautious as possible. Yeah. Because, you, you know, you wanted to be able to defend it um, and avoid an unnecessary controversy. And it wasn't that your video wasn't funny, because it was. No, but I remember, yeah, back in that, especially at that time, Andrew Breitbart was, um, I mean, Andrew Breitbart courted a lot of people. He ran in circles where he, he had to make sure that he, even though he wasn't afraid of speaking out, he didn't want to needlessly offend people for the sake of offending people. I always remember that about him, where he was saying, if you're right, Gratuitous, yeah, right. if you're right, you're right, that's fine. He always said, do your due diligence. I remember he called me with that video and he said, do your due diligence, you're young, uh, you know, compliments, whatever he gave me. Uh, and then he said, but uh, right now is not the time to storm the castle. Trust me. I'll tell you when it is. And I remember thinking, you know what? All right. And he was one of the few people where he said, trust me. And it wasn't just a buzz phrase. I said, okay, I will. Yeah. He, yeah. He, you know, the guy had a master plan in his head. And, you know, I think it was Andrew Clavin who said this. But I don't take credit for it. But the reason that Andrew, the, 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 the Breitbart could talk so much and talk to everyone. And he was one of the few people who could do that and not get into trouble is because he always told the truth. Right. 
And so he could talk to a thousand people and there was never a situation where he told me this or he told me that or he, he said this to me about you or you said that because he just wasn't that way. He always told the truth. And when you always tell the truth, you don't have to worry about how many people you talk to or what you talk about. To give you an idea how much he told the truth, Andrew, um, if I didn't know him better, almost almost a almost creepily was fond of my wife really liked my wife was the first rsvp at our, at our wedding you probably remember when he went out to western michigan he he loved it i remember we were talking about he just loved it his kids were out there and he said they were off their mm -hmm. phones and i remember we were at uh, uh gosh was a cap it was in dc it was andrew it was mrs coulter and a few other people who, who we would know behind the scenes and my wife and i had i think just gotten engaged and we were walking out we were there for cpac as we're walking out because i have to get up and host the next morning i've told the story on this show before but you may not know it he, we hear someone kind of laughing, giggling behind us, and it's my wife. And he goes, your problem, uh, in case you hadn't noticed, is that you're not tall or hot enough. <laughs> it, it was just his way of complimenting her after a couple because she right, was tall right, and right. hot. And uh, right there, my wife just melted, said, well, you know, what a, what a sweet guy. And, and he would talk with her like they were old friends when they met. So let me ask you this, because I do think you're a big pro-Trump guy. Um, right. You write at Daily Wire now. You don't write at Breitbart. I don't think it's any secret. And, and Ben is obviously kind of a never-Trump guy. Right. But I do think you embody a lot of what, what, what Andrew was about in the sense that you've never targeted people for disagreeing with you. You haven't gotten into the back and forth of Trump or die. Um, was that a conscious decision? Do you think it's Andrew that rubbed off on you? or it's, it, it's a noticeable change from a lot of people online right now. Well, I don't... I mean, I, I have this saying online. I, I don't know how much you follow my Twitter feed, but my saying online is I never started. I was just sitting here eating an ice cream cone. And that's what I will. I'm online. I'm very tough on, on the media because I hate the media. Um, but I don't go after people on our own side. I don't pluck them out of nowhere and just attack them personally. But if they come after me, I go after them. Uh, but no, I don't like to go after people personally. And one of the things I like about Ben Shapiro is that as much as we disagree on this issue wait hold on a second as... hold that thought i forgot we have to go right. to our corporate overlords uh john nolte at nolte nc Ooh, i'm hanging on his every word now i want to know where this goes don't you <laughs> stay tuned or you'll never know this week in not racist it has been brought to my attention that not wanting to look at the recently leaked Nude photos of Leslie Jones is perceived as racist. In my defense, here's a list of other females I don't want to see naked. Amy Schumer, Lena Dunham, Katie Couric, Cher, Sinead O'Connor, the cast of The Golden Girls, Melissa McCarthy, The Maid from the Brady Bunch, Kristen Wiig, all other female comedians, Tess Holliday, the Sea Witch Ursula, Elizabeth Warren, but not because she's 118th Cherokee, Hillary Clinton, Cher, Rachel Maddow, Oprah Winfrey. Damn it. This has been This Week in Not Racist. Glad to be back at Nolte NC. John Nolte was talking about uh, Ben Shapiro. He he writes over there, I guess, sort of on a, on a part-time basis at DailyWire.com. John, sorry we had to cut you off. The floor is yours. 
Oh, no problem. Well, well, what I like about Ben, is Ben and I have been friends a long time, about 10 years now. Sure. He's, he's, he's not as bad as all the Never Trump people, um, where he's completely just trying to destroy the guy. Um, and I'm pro-Trump. And him and I, we've, you know, we've never had a problem personally. We, we've, we've debated, we disagree. And when I left, I resigned from Breitbart in March. And I was going to start my own site because I still want to have a voice out there. I sure. still want to have something to say, but I can't take a job in that business until after uh, my, my non-compete is up. So oh, I found that one out the hard way as a youngin, but yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So, so Ben asked me, he's like, well, if you want to write something, because uh, I had a piece about Muhammad Ali I wanted to publish when he died. And he said, well, put it up here. And then he said, listen, you can write anything you want for us. Uh, uh, and if you want to criticize Never Trump, you could criticize Never Trump. And I thought, my gosh, I mean, how open-minded is that? Because right. he's allowing me to go on his site and do that. And the great thing about it, what I love about it, is that I didn't have to launch my own site, which would have been a lot more work. So I'm just popping off a couple of three pieces a week, and I'm enjoying the rest of my summer. Do you feel that being in the Trump camp, uh, and obviously it's no secret. Well, listen, it's no secret that Breitbart is a pro-Trump site because the guy, the guy who headed it up is now running at the Trump campaign. So it's not an accusation. This is just observing it. <laughs> yeah. You've been in both camps. Right. This is clearly in the tank for Trump at Breitbart. And um, Daily Wire is clearly has an anti-Trump uh, angle to it. Do you feel right. that you're more free on the other side, even though you're pro-Trump? Do you feel like there's a, a, a difference in open-mindedness? Or um, is it kind of the same on the other side of the coin? I never, ever... I. There is no primary candidate I criticized more at Breitbart during the primary process than Donald Trump. I probably wrote, people can look it up, I mean, I probably wrote eight to ten pieces critical of Trump on Breitbart. Mm -hmm. And everybody's trying to make this into a, a, a sinister thing, this leak about how we had to put all those pieces through, through the top floor, through the suits, through Bannon and Alex Marlowe and Larry Soloff. But of course we had to. That's the way... Uh, these things work. And so I pitched every negative piece and every positive piece that I wrote about Trump, and I never was told no. Not once was I told no, and that includes Bannon. Um, in some cases, I, I was told, I was always encouraged. So sure. in my experience, I never, I never had, a, and I've never had a problem with the Daily Wire. They've, they've published everything I've sent to them. Uh, they don't even change the headline. So they've just been wonderful. Has it been uh, at all, and again, like you said, if I know with contract issues, has it been at all uncomfortable since, obviously, they've they've really attacked Ben Shapiro a lot at Breitbart since he's left. That's no secret. And Ben has fired back recently when Bannon has, has taken this role with the Trump campaign. Um, have Is it at all like mom and dad are fighting for you, or you just keep, keep your nose down and do the work? No, I mean, because, you know, that happens all the time. It happens everywhere. Um, and I just, as long, I'm just not a part of it. Right. And it's not just happening at Breitbart. I mean, there's so much there's so much inside warfare right now. It's hard to believe. So I I just I just don't think about it. But it's not something that that I would ever want to engage in. I, I'd rather stick to the ideas and get into a feud with. Except on Twitter, I love feuds on Twitter. <laughs> yes, it's true. But well, I never start them. I never start. Them. It's true because remember the one time there was a fake account, a John Nolte account, and uh, they were. <laughs> I was going like, I was going, why would you? I was like, I was like, why would you send? You were like, no, that wasn't me. And that was it, because I remember being really kind of disappointed. I understood that, you know, with the, the inside with Breitbart, where I'd written there, and, and, and there's obviously some politics, but I was like, John would never do this. I found this. myself following that account for a while, Mike. I was like, because it looked so much like him. It was what, the same image. The same image, same, yeah. Right, right, so, right. With like easy. four followers. Yeah, yeah, it was cleared up right away. See, isn't that wonderful? It was cleared up by me just going, John, 
oh, I do this. It's kind of a dick move. And you just said, that's but not if me. You start it, if you start it, brother, it's over. It's true. Well, <laughs> not good here. Eliminate the pictures that we have that we photoshopped of him. And, uh, uh, okay. And Donald deleted. Trump. Yeah, let's delete it. Um, well, th- I'm glad to hear that. And I think one thing, too, a lot of people don't understand. First, let me ask you this. Do you think that these wounds heal after Hillary most likely wins? Um, let's say Donald Trump maybe wins. The numbers aren't looking good. Do you think these cracks healed? For example, do you think that the people at Breitbart will say, "Okay, Ben, let's let's come together now. We have to." Uh, do you think people? Do, do you think the cracks can ever can ever be filled in and mended? No. I, well, I think they can eventually, but I think that even if Trump loses, um, I don't think that the the movement is going to end. I think the movement is huge. It's the biggest thing in politics and really in, in, in probably since the Reagan revolution. Do you mean so the Trump very, movement? The Trump movement, the populist, the, the populism taking over, taking over the right, nationalism taking over the right. I think it's, it, it's, it's a very real movement. Trump didn't start it. He just captured it. And, and I think that never Trump, the people, and I'm not talking about guys like Ben, um, who can be reasonable, even though I think he's wrong. Yeah. I'm talking about like the National Review and Jonah Goldberg and Stuart Stevens and these guys that are constantly, Amanda Carpenter, they're constantly on Twitter trying to undermine him, sabotage him. They're constantly on cable news, um, buying into every mainstream media narrative, even the intellectually dishonest ones. Right. And I think if they don't do it, and no one's asking them to lie. No one's asking them to violate their conscience. But you can be a conscientious objector and just stay quiet and not violate your conscience, or you could be a saboteur for Hillary. And I well, think the people one thing, I also think valid criticisms doesn't make someone a saboteur. Constructive, and I've criticized Trump Exactly, because you've done that. There's nothing wrong with constructive criticism. Well, like, there's for example, right wrong. now this week, I would be lying if I would say uh, that it doesn't concern me that he softened his rhetoric on illegal immigration, which is one of the things I really liked about him, where he's kind of said, well, I'm going to do what George Bush and Obama did. Well, hold on. Because the big selling point for you is that's you weren't fine. going to do that. And and I think that's fair to say that's not what we were sold. That's, to- that's, that's total. That's good. And I'm about, I just submitted a piece to the Daily Wire talking about how much trouble I think he's in. Uh, and that is constructive analysis. Mm-hmm. But when you start calling him a racist and you start calling him stupid, and I just see it, there's this narrative that the media started to get Barack Obama elected and reelected, and they've done it again. Uh, 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 where the Republican can do absolutely nothing right. No matter what McCain or Romney or Trump does, it's wrong. Everything yeah. is spun wrong. And when I see never Trump jumping on that bandwagon, where nothing he, it's, and it's so intellectually dishonest, right. that is sabotage. And that to me is not going to be forgiven. I'm not going to forgive it. These are the same jerks that demanded that I soldier up for Romney, who, was, who wasn't any more conservative than Trump and McCain, who was completely feckless. Remember, I'm going to suspend my campaign. I'm going to jump on my white horse, but I have nowhere. I have no idea where I'm going to go. Right. Um, uh, and they're both more fascist than Trump. McCain, Feingold, and Rom- Romney. Care? Are you kidding me? So yeah. the idea that I'm told to soldier up and then they stab us in the back, I'm not going to forget. Right. But I think there's also because I've been told to sol- by people you and I would both know to soldier up for Trump or will be eliminated and, and purged. And as I mean, as you know, I'm not even in the never Trump campaign. We've written many articles praising him. I've said he's not a racist. Uh, right. I, I don't think he's a sexist. I, I think he's pretty disrespectful sometimes of women. I think the way he speaks in a way would turn off female voters, which statistically is observable and going strategically, it's not smart to say what he said, but I don't think he's sexist. Um, I don't think any of those things are true. 
But, uh, yeah, I, I, I understand where you're coming from, and the soldiering up do this is a problem. And it is a problem with these, these, these intellectually dishonest people on the right who do that. However, it is also intellectually dishonest when you have people on the Trump side, I think we would both agree, who paint yes. Carly yes. Fiorina and Ted Cruz as establishment. I think it's important to define what that is because— I agree. I mean, no one was a bigger fan of Ted Cruz than Andrew Breitbart. No one that I but, but can I can I tell you there's a big difference. Yeah. There are plenty of horrible pro-Trump people out there. And as someone who supported Marco Rubio and supported Ted Cruz throughout most of the primary, I can tell you that because I got I got as many tweets from them as anyone else did, as many nasty emails. I even got phone calls because I'm dumb enough to be listed. But <laughs> but the phone calls the from angry Rubio people? Can, yeah, no, from uh, angry Trump people. Oh, okay. Just a couple just a couple of them because I'm listed. But but the nasty Trump people primarily are just people on the Internet. It's true. The nasty never Trump people are the people that are named people that are that make it on television. They're part of the establishment. These are people that are respected. And that to me is all. I don't know that I would say that's true, considering, you know, Fox News. I think now people who said, listen, they're clearly in the tank for Trump the brass have been vindicated. Not all personalities. I've said this about Fox News like you. I was never told you have to say this, but I was always made aware that the brass thought a certain way. And if you wanted to be in, in good with them, it would serve you well to think that way. I think with Roger Ailes, um, I think we've seen that there are some pretty high up executives who would be the same in the pro Trump side. But what I'm talking about is just the nastiness online, the nastiness and the, and the sure. nastiness, the nastiness that I faced from the pro Trump people were the eggs on online that's who they were the nastiness that i get from the from the never trump people are names we all recognize and these are people within the establishment these are people that are part of the uh, consultant class and they're just as vicious and nasty as the nobodies on twitter that love trump and to me that's a big distinction well i think something you do differently and the reason we wanted to have you on the program is you're still actually making the case for trump for some people who, like i said because you understand there are people who could be conscientious objectors who may not be able to pull that lever. Uh, we had Gavin McGinnis on, and I love him, but I don't think there are a lot of pro-Trump people making the case anymore. And they say, well, we don't have to, because if you don't vote for him, it's a vote for Hillary. Well, that's not enough, because there are people who need to hear a case made. Um, that's where my dad is now. My yeah. dad was a huge pro-Trump guy, and now he's now he's saying, I don't think I can vote for him. So Why? You do What's have, the change I, for him? Just the, lad, the three weeks after the convention, he mm. just was... This is actually what I wrote about for the Daily Wire, the piece that's going to go up there, is my dad is the ultimate Trump voter. He's 77, very, very vital, uh, you know, energetic. He's not old. Um, he's, he's working class. He was chased out of Milwaukee by the spreading crime. He loved Trump during the primary. And then those sort of three weeks after his convention where Trump just went, just got into one stupid controversy after another. Now my dad's saying, I, you know, I can't vote for the guy. And that's wow. worrying me more than anything. And he, but but you're right. Those we have to reach those people. Trump has to get back to where he's tied with Hillary, and if he can just bring back the Republicans, which is what I think he's trying to do now, um, he can at least get tied with Hillary again. But you know, we'll have to see if he can do it. Uh, okay, changing gears real quick, Jared. Who does who does John Nolte look like? I've always said this. Daniel Stern. Exactly. Uh, you know, I told you that years ago, right, John? I thought about it as soon as he popped on, like. I swear to you, I've never, John, I've never talked with Not Gay Jared about that at all. That's totally unprompted. <laughs> but uh, he's coming back out now. You did a video of him with a tarantula. Did you see that, Daniel Stern? Um, yeah, I did. I did see that, yeah. yeah. I, I love that. When I shave my beard, everybody says I look like Alan Alda. 
Oh, really? I, I guess I can see his it. His profile picture uh-huh. looks like um, the, the guy no, from pro- Modern that is, Family. That is who it is. His profile picture. Yeah, that's uh, Is that the same guy? Moron. Yes, but that was before Modern Family. That's his favorite show. Okay. Yeah, that's Married with Children. Yeah, Married with Children. Which, by the way, I completely disagree with John. I hate Married with Children. I love Ed O'Neill. I hate Married with Children. Oh, yeah, Ed O'Neill. He, I see. I think of him back to uh, Little Giants. You know what else people don't realize about that's Ed O'Neill? O'Neill? Probably the toughest guy in Hollywood. Probably. He's a black belt, isn't he? Black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu directly under the Gracies. Did he play for the Steelers? He, I don't. I don't. I didn't know about that, but I know that he's... Uh, oh, I mean, he, he, he played Popeye Doyle in the TV version of The French Connection. I mean, he's a tough guy. Oh, that's right. I forgot about it. Yeah, no, he has hands that are like just, you know, like Polish sausages on meat hooks. People don't realize <laughs> how big he is, and he was an athlete. I, either Division One, I, I think he played or was a bencher in the NFL, and uh, now is a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So uh, right. a lot of people don't wow. know that. But Daniel Stern, Ed O'Neill is the picture. Get mm-hmm. it right. Uh, John, we have to go, but where is the best place for people to find you? Well, they can find me on Twitter at Nolte, N-O-L-T-E-N-C. Uh, or they can find me, I'm writing right now uh, for The Daily Wire. For dailywire.com. And if you follow him on the Twitter, whether you're pro-Trump or not Trump, just don't start it. Because it's and, like... And make sure you're following the right start. one. Yeah, it's like, a, it's like a prairie dog if you start it with him. It just gets ugly and then... It just gets ugly. Someone has to be put down. And it's usually <laughs> not John because he's still it's here. It's not going to be me. No, Mr. Nolte, thank you very much. We must go. Sonic, Sonic outro thing. Right, that means we're speeding up. Speeding up to the what? To the last segment. To the last segment. Welcome back to Delilah on this lovely August evening. Travis, I'm so happy to be taking your call. Hi, I'm, I'm glad to be on the air. Um, my girlfriend doesn't listen to me. Sometimes we all have those moments in our lives where we feel unheard. Yeah, this goes quite a bit further than that. She just tunes me out and doesn't listen to what I have to say uh, at all. Well, the important thing is to remember that Whatever it is she's going through, I have no doubt she loves you, and you'll get through it together. Not sure about that. What kind of examples would you have of her maybe not listening to you as you'd like? Oh, like particularly when I put her in the closet for days on end. Mm, I know that feeling. Sometimes all of us feel when the world gets to be a little too much that we want to excuse ourselves to a closet. No, I literally put her in a closet. In a broom closet. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, I put her in a broom closet. I slide under the door, food, thin sandwiches. Mm, I know that feeling. Sometimes I feel trapped in a closet with my anxiety and the world's too much. and I just need my husband to slide my figurative bread of life under the broom closet door. No, I mean, I literally mashed down a sandwich and, like, with a mallet, and I just slide it under the door. But she hasn't... I mean, maybe she's not so much not listening to me. She might be dead. Mm, Well, sometimes all of us just need to feel dead to the world. Uh, What other nice things do you do for your girlfriend? Do you give her anything else under the door? Yeah, I gave her a cell phone, but... I blocked all the numbers. Well, Travis, sounds like you care about her a lot. So do me a favor and put your phone up to the door while I play the perfect song just for you and Emily 
from James Taylor. Okay. Emily, you still in there? Just yesterday morning, they let me know you were gone. a close one glad to be glad to be done with that i am exhausted last segment of the show thanks so much to all our guests john nolte for coming on uh right away gosh we get you know we had ben shapiro on we had gavin on that same week we had right scoop super mexican on last week was annie trump this week we had kurt schilling on who's pro everybody we had john and people are mad that we have john nolte on i just can't keep track of this anymore conservatives, Republicans. I just can't keep track of who I'm not supposed to have on anymore because you're mad. This week, apparently, I'm in the tank for Trump, but I'm also apparently a cuck shill for the establishment. Obviously. Well, their checks clear well. They do. Never had, a, never had a check bounce from the establishment. We should just sell it all and start doing reviews on pointless tech crap or something. Yeah, reviews on films. Maybe guns. Films, just like guns. like to see guns review, gun reviews at Lana with Crowder? You can tweet us. Uh, Chewy's lover, Chewbacca's lover, one of our, our uh, best fans out there, did say, and he had a valid criticism about what John Nolte said. He said, Eric Bowling, Sean Hannity, and Coulter are not Twitter eggs. They are big profiles who have called out and attacked uh, Trump critics. I think that's mm-hmm. fair. Just like I think it's fair to tell uh, Jared to stop clicking his damn pen. No more. No more, Jared. It is finished. Back to uh, you, Steven. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's valid. Listen, with the Sean Hannity thing, people were asking me more more questions about, about Fox News with Andrea Tantero's coming out. If there's A lot of people have said, well, you've alluded it and you haven't talked about it. No one wants to hear you talk about your former employer. And I don't think that whatever I would say, people would necessarily believe one way or the other. It's like someone, someone leaves McDonald's and then says, ah, the chicken nuggets are just toothpaste. Whatever it is, they say, I don't think they say truth, but you know what I'm talking about. I do yeah. have some stories, though, and I will say this. There there are some things that you're hearing in the news that are true and some that I, I would give me pause I don't know are true. Yeah. But uh, I'll leave it. Maybe I'll talk more. If pe- enough people email me or tweet me. By the way, I got so many horrible airline stories from last week. Oh, really? Awful airline stories. We talked stories. about our horrible story. We talked about our story, and I got so many stories. One guy, he said... Uh, is it Les Paul as a guitar? Les Paul, yeah. He was traveling, I guess, with ministry, and they, they handled his luggage so poorly, they broke the neck to his Les Paul, and they refused to fix it because they said that the luggage itself didn't have damage. Mm-hmm. So they never did anything to fix it. I think I heard that story before. I heard the story. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Someone sent it to me in an email. So we were talking about this earlier, about professional victimhood is the, the fastest growing business in the United States. And I had some people say, well, what do you mean? Can you expand on that? Well, I wrote about it on the website. And this is true. And this is very important because I do see a lot of young people going, all right, what's the, what's the fastest path to victory? It's normal for humans to try and pick the path of least resistance. And right now, if you are going to look at your options, you're going to weigh them as a, a young American and say, okay, what's my best shot at success here? There are many instances, not all, but many instances 
in which your path of least resistance would be to simply play the victim card in lieu of working hard, in lieu of doing a good job. Let me give you an example. Courtney, I wrote about this. Courtney and I wrote about this. I didn't have a stroke for some reason. We get later in the show. It's late. I'm tired. Feminists. Let's get into feminists. They depend on perpetual victim status. Lest they join another victim group, the welfare recipients. So they depend on the victim status. They need that to stay gainfully employed. So they keep the gender pay gap myth alive. We mm -hmm. were talking about that, right? It's, it's verifiably false. We know it's not true. But they celebrate it. They constantly trot it out there. That's their, that's their ace in the hole, is the gender pay gap myth. And when you say, well, it's really not true, what do they do? They get furious at you. You, you are, you're basically a science denier. You're, you're, a, a, you're a, a woman denier. How could you say that? Of course, the pay, listen, if you were a woman and you wanted to be paid the same as a man and someone said, hey, listen, I'm a woman, I'm a feminist, I'm a liberal, I'm voting Hillary. But here's the, and there are a lot of female economists, almost all female economists. If they came to you and said, hey, listen, here's the truth. You'll be paid just as much as a man if you do the same schooling and do the same job. Wouldn't you be thrilled? Wouldn't you be relieved? Instead, they get mad. Why? Because it removes an excuse from them. I, I think that's pretty telling. Let's get to, um, well, okay, let's look at Black Lives Matter. Let's look at right now, you know, racism versus mm -hmm. actual racism. Um, look no further than we talked about this, Sean King and Rachel Dolezal, both of whom are not black, but they claim they're black, and they, they did so to either get false scholarships with Sean King with the Oprah deal, grants, they reported false hate crimes. Twitter followers. Twitter followers. Rachel Dolezal got a job at the NAACP, that, which they have some white workers, but clearly would have been more likely to go to a black person. They thought, all right, I have a better chance at getting a scholarship or a grant if I claim some kind of victim status. So what do they have to do? White people like them. They first have to convince black people these are white people that they are victims, that they are being marginalized, that racism is more alive than ever, and then convince them that they're black. So it's a, it's a two-stage <laughs> trick there that they have to do. And they thought, well, I have a better chance of getting these things done, scholarships, grants, and guess what? They were right. Their only problem was they were discovered. Let's go to, okay, LGBTQAAIP. Uh, you know, it used to be LGBT. I think at one point it might have been LGB. I don't even think they really cared about the B. It was just sort of assumed that you were both L and G. Um, it wasn't enough, so now they have to include asexuals, pansexuals, transgenders, right? This all They all have to be a vocal me members of the Gestapo cult. Allies. Right. So why? Is there an incentive yeah. to do that? Well, yeah, of course. A, look at the entertainment industry. We've talked about this where they're vastly overrepresented. But it's not enough to just be gay or to be trans. You use it to sue a bakery out of business or a pizzeria or a bed and breakfast and make millions or to sue an employer in HR. You can find countless suits made based on discrimination against LGBTQAAIP. And you can find suits now with pansexuals, with asexuals, intersexuals, all of these different subgroups that they've created that, guess what, at the end of that victim rainbow is always a pot of gold. It's always a lawsuit. It's always a scholarship. It's always a grant. There are many instances, and this, this really worries me with young Americans, where they can choose, okay, let me work really hard, be the best in my class, be the best in my field, learn a trade, start a business, or simply claim that I'm a victim of this underclass. And there are very real scenarios, more common than, than, than not, I would say, where you are incentivized to be a victim. And that destroys the human spirit. Keep that in mind. Talk to you next week.